Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 225 of At Odds with Wrestling. Joe and Adam here. Adam, hello. How are you? I'm doing good, Joe. Uh, another busy week from you, I hear, uh, with just podcasting around town. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Uh, like I said, keeping my 2023 New Year's resolution active that I'm not going to be on any more podcasts. I was on the stink sheet this past uh, Monday. Uh, it was a good time. With young Ed and uh, Kurt of the Stink Sheet, he fired all of his other co-hosts <laughs> to have me and Ed on. And, uh, you know, we had a good time, just uh, kind of off the cuff. I feel I felt bad because Kurt had a plan. He had, like, this, there's some site that you can use, like, a whiteboard, you know, where yeah. he has, like, all these, like, tweets and things that he wants to talk about. And I think we got to talk about, like, three of the seven things that he wanted to. Okay. <sighs> See, I, I, I'm subscribed to the stink sheet, but uh, for whatever reason, Google, and I know do your little bit about podcatchers, but uh, Google Podcasts, the stink sheet episodes show up like almost a week yeah. after they drop everywhere else. So your episode is not there yet. But I, I'm, I'm two hours into your Between the Sheets. Oh, okay. So uh, I'll get to the stink sheet, you know. <laughs> Five hours from now. <laughs> you, you and anyone listening to this are not obligated to listen to my appearances on other <laughs> podcasts. I'll even go as far as to say, like, um, I recommend against it, <laughs> but just download it, you know? Yeah. get the, Make sure they know they're getting that Sposto bump. Yeah, yeah. And this is something that I actually talk about on the Stink Sheet this week, and it's something that I privately talk to Kurt about, um, because he uses Anchor as a hosting thing. Mm. The way that it interacts, it's supposed to be like, um, and again, and again, I'm not going to decry you for whatever podcatcher you use. If you use any podcatcher, you're a dope, but that's neither here nor there. Um, but, um, anchor is supposed to be, um, I guess I'm not trying to, I'm trying to think of the word. Like it's supposed to be optimized with like, let's say Spotify, right? Hmm. Um, cause when you go to anchor, like all of their icons is like, they push you to Spotify for stuff, but, um, there's no direct download link with anchor FM. And I have my like text file of spreadsheets that I update. Right. Yeah. And I use my old Leonard of Jakarson WordPress blog as like kind of a way to keep track of them so that like when they go up, I get a notification on there. And then what'll happen is I'm like, okay, well, I know if I get the notification on there, the episode will be up and I'll go and I'll grab the RSS feed and pull the audio from there. From the time that I get the notification that an Anchor FM podcast goes live on my WordPress thing to the time that I'm actually able to get the raw audio out of the RSS feed is usually like six hours. Okay. Because he puts the shows up at midnight. And I know this past one, like, I obviously, I don't listen to myself in podcasts, but I still download it. You know, I wouldn't get the numbers up. Um, <laughs> it wasn't available for me to download until, like, almost 8 o'clock, even though it said that it was available, like, if you looked at the, like, the app or the Anchor FM thing or whatever. It's just the way that Anchor FM works. It's a free hosting thing. It sucks. But, again, I get why people use it. But that's yeah. why it's not showing up on Google Podcasts or whatever. 
Ah, sons of bitches. And as far as between the sheets, like I, I got to the part where you left the show because they were doing international. Yeah. And, sh- and shame on you, man, because that's like the, the best parts when they talk about Japanese wrestling. So I, I'm going, you know, obviously powering through all of it. So that's right. why it's going to take a while. You're one of the rare people that only listen to the Japanese section of Between the Sheets. Normally, I do. I'm only listening to the domestic part because you're on it. Right. You know, I like to make sure that they're accurate. You know, Fix <laughs> is going to get a strongly worded DM from me if he doesn't have me blocked. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh, that's a way to get blocked, you know? <laughs> yeah. Anyways. Anyway, enough about everybody else's shows that I'm showing off on. You need to hustle more to get on shows yourself. Like, I can't be doing all the work for you, you know? Ah, I've been on all the shows that I need to be on, I think. All right. Well, let's get into what we have to talk about here this week. And now, At Odds With Wrestling presents... This Day in Wrestling History. Uh-oh. Yeah, a lot of extra stuttering on that one today. Oh, really? I got nothing on my end. Holy cow. Yeah, that's yeah, all right. Joe, is there a problem with your bookmark tweet system? Yes! <laughs> the system that you uh, just basically said was flawless and everybody should use it and not at all is going to make you scurry during a live podcast to find the tweets you bookmarked? Well, listen, um... <laughs> You know, the the bookmarks icon should be there, right? I don't know. I don't use it. God damn it. <laughs> uh, just reenact whatever scene or promo that you were planning on playing. Just do it from your memory. Well, I can. <laughs> I can do that. That's not a problem. Yeah. Um. But, um. so on this day in wrestling history, there was not one, not two, not three. Three, but four Royal Rumbles that all took place on this day in wrestling history. Oh, 2003, 1997, 1991, and 1992. Okay, there's there's some good ones there. Right, uh, 2003. Um, so it's like these Rumbles are like a story of themselves. Like, um, 2003, there's a match on the show itself between Brock Lesnar and Big Show, with the winner getting into the Royal Rumble. Okay. And Brock wins the match, and then Brock wins the Royal Rumble. Comes out at like 29 or something like that. Something like that. Uh, there's a really good Kurt Angle versus Chris Benoit match on here. And hmm. I was going to say, it's it's odd that I, I don't see more highlights of that match for some reason. And there's a very bad Triple H versus Scott Steiner match on this. <laughs> um, arguably, I would say go out of your way to watch this match because it is that bad. And is this the uh, like the Tori Wilson Don Marie like over her father? Yeah. Oh, peak wrestling right there. (laughs) Right. Um. So. Uh. So then the other so ninety seven Royal Rumble is the Alamo Dome, which is where the uh, which we call it. I think that's where Royal Rumble is this year. That's Sean winning the belt back from Psycho Sid. That's Austin winning the Rumble by cheating. Um, again, it's a fun show, but it's very much like still not quite attitude era, but still not quite new generation. Yeah. Okay. Uh, it's the growing pains of the world wrestling entertainment. 1991 is the first 
pay-per-view that I watched live, not as a closed circuit thing. This was the first pay-per-view that our Scranton, like our Music Taylor Old Forge area, where I lived at the time, got actual pay-per-view. Okay, and yeah. My, I've talked about it before on the show. My mom took me to the penalty box and music on a Saturday night so that I could watch this pay-per-view. Uh, the Rumble itself stinks, but the undercard is really good, bordering on awesome. Uh, Rockers Orient Express, maybe one of the best matches in this era WWE. Uh, Big Boss Man versus Barbarian is like really, really good. Um, Sergeant Slaughter versus Ultimate Warrior is good because it sets up Warrior and Macho. And then you have the Virgil turn and Dusty's last match in WWE. Uh, my first pay-per-view was the Match Made in Heaven, Match Made in Hell, which was later this year, right? Later 91? Uh, August of 91, yeah. Yep. All right, so I was a little behind you. Yeah. Uh, but most importantly, on this day in wrestling history, is the 1992 Royal Rumble. This is Ric Flair coming in at number three. Winning the Royal Rumble and winning the World Wrestling Entertainment title. And a master class in performing both commentary, backstage, managing of Bobby the Brain Heenan. Yes. And everyone, you know, we've, we, I think we've talked about this before on the show, but I, anytime that it comes up and it gives us an excuse to talk about it, everyone talks about how great of a performance this is by Ric Flair. This is just as great of a performance, if not better, by Bobby Heenan. Yeah, I assigned this as homework once. Right, that's what it was. That's what it was. Um, But yeah, this is a great moment. Um, uh, Undercard, eh, ho-hum. It's one of those things where when it's a Royal Rumble, either they get the undercard right or they get the Rumble right. They can't get the whole show right, you know? Yeah, but it was fun watching the Mountie getting hauled off to like prison when he was just hamming it up. You know, those were pretty funny. See, you're thinking you're thinking you're you're SummerSlam 91. Am I? Yes, that's oh, SummerSlam '91. That um, oh. Royal Rumble. So uh, Rumble '92 is him losing the IC title to uh, Piper. Oh, okay. Yeah, I got it all mixed up. Yes. For the first time ever, I screwed I, up something with it, wrestling. It doesn't happen often, but when it does, it's a big one usually. Yeah, you it's know? glaring because it's like so odd. Right. So. Uh, also on this day in wrestling history is, as always, our head-to-head Monday Nitro versus Monday Night Raw, 1998. Nitro's kind of like a nothing show, right? Mm. Um, you know, you get the continuation of the Jericho heel turn, like he's full-fledged heel at this point. He's full-fledged wrestling the cruiserweights, whatever, you know? Mm. Um, but he's, he's going to be on to bigger and better things. Um, you know, we talk about the new talent initiative on both shows. On Raw, we have the return of the Quebecers after they were just in WCW not weeks before as the amazing French Canadians. What a get by the WWE. Oh, for sure. <laughs> uh, we get uh, Barry Windham turning on Bradshaw to join the NWA contingent of Double J and the uh, Rock and Roll Express. Uh, bad move on his part. Right. Bad news on his part. Uh, we have a plethora of DX shenanigans throughout the course of the evening. Because oh, uh, this is the Raw after Royal Rumble, where Sean beats The Undertaker at, in the casket match 
uh, and Kane lights the casket on fire. So there's like bits with DX looking in the back for the Undertaker. Undertaker doing like an entrance where he drops down from the ceiling, but it's really Sean in the coat. Uh, it's them doing the barbecue um, in the middle of the ring. Triple H, you know, really leaning into his dick promos and stuff, you know. <laughs> Height of power, DX. Height of power. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Um, but I would say maybe we get a top five moment in the history of Monday Night Raw. All right, let's hear it. All right. It's short and sweet. What I'm telling you is I want a piece of Mike Tyson's ass. Whoa! Shut up. <laughs> tell, him, tell him Vince to shut Don't say one word, Vince. I'll knock your damn lights out, too. I respect what you've done, Mike, but you're out here calling yourself the baddest man on the planet. Right now, you got your little beady eyes locked on the eyes of the world's toughest son of a bitch. I'm sorry. When Mike Tyson had a pass. I can beat you any day of the Yeah, week. of course. Twice on Sunday. Do I think I do I think you could beat my ass? Hell no. Do I think I could beat your ass? Why hell yeah! I don't know how good your hearing is, but if you don't understand right here, here we go. What I'm saying I always got a little bit of sign language, so here's to you. Whoa! Oh. Here we go! Here we go! Well, legit, he to shoot. Well, okay. We can stop it there. Yeah. Um, but I want to, I just, so I watched this again today, right? To prepare for the show. Mm-hmm. And like, notice how it's Jerry Briscoe. Who's the one who's the first one on Austin. It's like one, Jerry's a shooter and he's holding on to Austin just in case things got out of hand with Steve, you know? Uh-huh. Also, Jerry Briscoe's there just in case things get out of hand on the Tyson side. That if anybody gets near Austin, he could just like, just, he's right there. You know, he's holding Austin back, but he's also there to kind of protect Steve to make sure nobody gets Steve, you know? Yeah, in case n- nobody in that posse was clued in, you know? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Gotcha. All right. I'm sure things things worked out perfectly well for uh Austin and Tyson, you know that that match with, that they eventually had, you know, made big money. Oh wait, no, never mind. <laughs> well, and again, so we were never promised a match. We were never promised anything of the sort, you know. And um, we'll we'll kind of address this as the weeks go on. But um, you know, when uh, I know a lot of people like to decry my sweet Brucey, you know. <laughs> um, but he talks about how this was supposed to just be like a like a one off, essentially, like this raw. And WrestleMania, right? Mm-hmm. But Mike ends up having such a good time doing this that they convince uh, Tyson to come to like pretty much like every Raw from now till Mania. Yeah, just kind of build up that he's in DX and stuff like that. Well, spoilers. We don't want to get oh. too far ahead of ourselves in regards <laughs> to what happens in this storyline because we're going to be following on Raw week by week, you know? Oh. Um We'll, but we'll edit like, that out later. <laughs> it's just so crazy. Like, this 
you know, and they were hyping it up. And I think like JR even says like, oh, it's a sports center moment, you know, and you get people in wrestling saying that all the time, like, oh, it's going to be a sports center moment. And it's usually not. Uh, this one was, you know? Yeah, this is like, I mean, I could be wrong, but like probably their first real sports center moment since LT. Um, yes. Yeah. All right. Interesting. Uh, but uh, yeah, so like, but and this, so this ends up being like a real sports center moment. Um, you know, they get Mike on TV for like the next two months leading up to Mania, and this is like the beginning of the end for WCW right here. Yeah. Uh, you're, you're saying Giant versus Hogan that was against this didn't do as good? <laughs> no, no, it didn't. Oh, but it's the Giant. Yeah, this is the Giant after he had already, like, he had turned to join the NWO. He had turned to go babyface. This is his babyface push to get his title match against Hogan at the pay-per-view. And I think he turns again and joins the NWO, like, within the next, like, three to four months. Mm. But this was the run where he did the nip up, where he grabbed the middle rope. Oh well, then <laughs> they should have uh, then WC the wrong company won. You know <laughs> exactly. They should have yeah. been playing that on a loop. <sighs> All right, so that's this day in wrestling history. We could have talked forever about the Royal Rumbles, but alas, they're doing that. I'm sure over on we need wrestling this week. Um, I'm excited for them to talk about that one. Um, oh, but. I I was just going to say, Michelle, uh, her takes on the Rumbles, uh, I tweeted this out. They need to immediately stop and put that shit behind a paywall. (laughs) So I think they need to do like a discussion on the show, but I think they need to do like a sync up with the network where it's like you're watching along with them to get her real time reactions. Ooh, yeah. All right. I I would watch every Rumble. (laughs) I sent sent that to the boys and I got a, we'll see. You know, and I'm like, I ate money, I guess. I don't know what to tell you. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Sorry to derail us there. No, it's okay. Um, but another thing that I'm sure um, DJ and Brett are going to go into more detail on, and we're going to go into detail on it here as well, um, is you know the the passing um, on Tuesday of Jay Briscoe, one half of the Briscoe Brothers tag team, Ring of Honor stalwarts from the very beginning, the very first show Jay and Mark were on it back in 2001. Um, they were the, the tag team champions, just having won the belts for the 13th time, uh, that incredible series that they had with FTR over the last 12 months, um, for these titles. And it's just a a legitimate tragedy. Um, you know, Jay Briscoe is someone, uh, who was just, he's someone who I think because he was only in ring of honor for such a long time. Um, during the Sinclair days where he wasn't anywhere else, a lot of his best stuff, I think, kind of gets overlooked. And I say that as someone who watched, like, every Jay Briscoe and Mark Briscoe match, but Jay Briscoe match from 2001 to 2005. And, uh, you know, I'm not the only one who said this, but I was there at the Rexplex when he had the cage match with Samoa Joe, which is in, like, 2004. Or, uh... 2003, my apologies, 2003, which is one of the wildest matches I've ever seen in my entire life live. And I was like front row for it. And like he was 21 years old, you know, mm-hmm. and he was that good then. And he only got better. He he definitely is someone who in promos and in the ring 
is in a category of a guy like a John Moxley or an Eddie Kingston, you know, of modern day guys where, you know, he doesn't tell you this other stuff over here is phony and I'm real. He carries himself and the way that he cut the promos and the way that he wrestled. He didn't need to tell you he was real. You knew he was real, you know? Yeah. And like I said, that's like Eddie. That's like Mox. And, you know, and obviously there's all this discussion around his passing. And I, I don't want to touch too much on it, um, you know, but I have no choice to do so only because there's people that were upset with the way that his memoriam on AEW was handled, right? Um, they felt as though the show should have been dedicated to him. Um, they ended up taping something that's going to go on uh, Honor Plus for free. Um, whenever that's going to be, kind of more as a tribute to Jay. Uh, and then the r- word came out, and I'm going to say it's not substantiated, but, you know, we just have to kind of take it with a grain of salt, is because of the previous remarks that Jay had made on social media, um, the which is part of the reason why Warner allegedly wouldn't let Mark and Jay on AEW TV which is why they were not able to do a full tribute to Jay and his passing. Now, again, I, I'm going to hope that that's not entirely the reason why, um, but we have no choice but to say like they didn't do a full tribute to him, right? And mm-hmm. we have to address the fact that Jay did say a lot of shitty things on social media. Um, but he said those things on those shitty things on social media 10 years ago, over 10 years ago, right? Yeah. And... N- you could sit here and you could gauge how shitty those remarks were and your opinion of the person beforehand and after he made those comments. And I'm not going to be the person who sits here and says, well, this person did this and they get acknowledgement or this person did this words thing and they get acknowledgement or they get this or they get that. It's not a contest. It's not for us to judge. This person's remark was worse than that person. And this person gets whatever it is, you know, I've said insensitive things on social media myself. And again, I've talked about it before on the show. I made a rape joke that offended a lot of people. It was over the line. I apologized, which was not, and it's still not good enough for a lot of people, but I feel as though I learned from that and I no longer make remarks like that in on social media, in my public life, my private life, anything like that, right? And all you could hope as a person who's made remarks like that, that you learn, you're never going to be forgiven by everyone. Okay. But the one thing that I do want to mention, and this is something that I had said before, um, you know, Jay's passing and it's terrible that this is the reason that we're having to bring it up, you know? Um, and a lot of people were like, okay, sure. Jay no longer says these things and sure. He's trying to better himself, but I saw him do this, or I saw him say that, or I was at a show and he did this. And there's no proof of it. It's just someone's word. And no offense to you, random person on social media. There's people's word that I take a lot more than even my own. Okay. And these are people like Cheeseburger. These are people like uh, Stokely Hathaway. And most importantly, these are people like Ian Riccoboni. Okay. Mm. Ian Riccoboni is maybe maybe the nicest person I've ever met in the world of professional wrestling. Mm. Ian Riccoboni is maybe the most straight shootingest person in 
that I've ever met in professional wrestling. So much so, and again, I don't want to blow up Ian's spot either. The last time that I was with Ian and he swore in front of me, I clutched my pearls because I don't <laughs> expect Ian to swear. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but that being said, um, so Ian has gone to bat more times than not for Jay and Mark with firsthand knowledge. The fact that Ian had traveled and was close personal friends with both of them for the last eight years. And Ian shared private stories with everyone, not just recently, but over the last two years of situations where he's like, here's moments of personal growth that I had with Jay and Mark. And they have definitely doing a lot to better themselves and, you know, avoid the pratfalls and so forth that they may not have been you know and i hate to say it just like not smart enough to i'm not smart enough to a lot of stuff you know Mm. um but ian is not a company like ian is a company guy but he's not a guy who is going to toe the company line if it interferes with his own personal beliefs because i know there's stuff that ian's been told to say one way or the other and he's chosen to say nothing because he does not feel strongly enough to risk his own reputation as a person to do so. He was willing to risk his reputation for Jay, especially, and Mark being changed and better people. And to see the public outcry of your favorite wrestlers. And I don't care who you are, and I don't care who your favorite wrestler is. Every single one of them, to a point, had an interaction over the last 22 years with Jay Briscoe, and not a single one. From Kevin Owens to Chris Jericho to Effie to Granakuma and all points in between. They have all had moments with Jay Briscoe and they have all been positive. Everybody says bad things. If you want to run Jay and Mark and everything through the mud now that Jay has passed for things that they've done, I'm going to ask you as a human to wait at least until we know for sure that his children who were in the car with him are going to be okay. Once we know that his family is going to be safe and his children will be able to walk again, bury him all you want, (laughs) but at least have the common decency to like, not be a complete piece of shit when it comes to this sort of thing. Yeah. And if I don't have, you know, I've never met at either the Briscoes and I'm sad to say, like I've probably seen, Less than two handfuls worth of Briscoe matches. You know, I, I've never seen any of the old Ring of Honor stuff. Uh, just a lot of tag team stuff over the last maybe five years. So I, I can't comment on, like, my experience, you know, with them as wrestlers. But I just want to say, like, when it comes to the, oh, they didn't do enough of a tribute. You know, AEW and the executives, there should have been a tribute show. I, I can't stand using uh something like this as a way to like attack a company that you don't like whether it be AEW whether it be WWE whether it be Time Warner whatever uh like you don't have to take every fucking shot that you want you know like that just cuz it's there like did AEW do something to honor the Briscoes sure and it'll be available on YouTube it'll be available on Honor Club was it what you wanted? 
No, but shut the fuck up. You don't get what you want. This isn't your time to be, you know, going on Twitter and being like, there should have been this, there should have been that. Uh, as you said, like, think about the guy's kids. You know, that's right. When I heard it, you know, when you DM'd in one of our group chats and said it, and it, that was like, holy shit, because he, he's so fucking young. Uh, and then to find out that his kids were in the car, and that immediately became the thing that, like, if you're a human being, that should be the thing that you're most concerned about. You know, like, did AEW you know, do enough to, to, to put, you know, to showcase them? Who gives a shit, man? Like, his, his kids, like, like you said, critical condition. Like, that that's the stuff that matters. And the fact that, like, people are just doing shit on Twitter and stuff like that. I, I just want to, like, chuck my phone out the window when I see these takes. Right. And it's just... You know, we're so far removed from, like, the announcement coming out on Tuesday, and this was one of those things where, you know, I- I'm sitting on the couch with my wife, and my phone is just blowing up, and nothing has been made official, and I'm like, I'm, and I'm like, pl- like, pleading with people, I'm like, one, please don't let this be true, and two, I'm like, I hope to God nobody goes forward with this before they have all the facts or all the information, but, you know, in, in today's day and age, things move so quickly, and you just see so many people trying to use this as some sort of way of engagement, whether it be positive or negative. And, you know, I, I know it's everyone's, like, knee-jerk reaction to want to be like, oh, quote, tweet this person and dunk on them. Or take the screenshot of this person and, like, say, oh, what a piece of shit this person is, right? Mm-hmm. And it's just, I, I, I'm at the point now where, like, I, I hate seeing that sort of stuff. I hate the fact that so many of my followers fall into that sort of mentality and behavior, but I will say I don't engage with those people. I report, I mute, I block, and I move on. And that's what a lot of people I wish you should do. And it's taken me a long time to get to that point as well, you know, Mm. that when I see these people who are just doing this sort of thing, just being evil motherfuckers for social media engagement, positive or negatively, this is what they get off on, this is what they want. And you, and it's easy to fall into that trap, and you, you just can't. Listen, I'm, I, I'm the most negative motherfucker in the world uh, when it comes to it, and you know I I try real hard to be positive, which is why you probably don't see me tweet so much no more. Hmm. Um, I usually save all the negativity for the group chats that I'm in, <laughs> but, um, you know my heart goes out to the family. Um, you know they have. It's not a GoFundMe. It's a something else. Um, and again, I have it. It's it's called Give, Send, Go, right? Mm-hmm. Um, if you search Give, Send, Go, uh, Jamin Pugh, uh, which was Jay's real name, uh, you will find it. They were looking for, uh, I think, something like $200,000. And again, like I said, you know, um, if you could give something, give something. If you can't give anything, you know, at least share the link in the hopes just that someone you know will see it. Um, and maybe, you know, they're able to to contribute or give or whatever they can do regarding it, you know? Yeah. Um, I'll probably end up putting in the show notes. Um, you know, as of this recording, there are about 130,000 of the 200,000 that they're requesting, um, looking for what have you. Um, but like I said, it's, 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 a 
it's a tragedy, you know, and you, you hate to see this happen, but it's, it's someone that we all know from the world of professional wrestling. So, you know, that's why it's in our minds and we're talking about it on this wrestling show. Um, yeah. So, um, like I said, my heart goes out to them and, uh, yeah. So, uh, what else, what else do we have to talk about here, Adam? Um, no easy way to transition, but nope. we're, we're going to get to silly, uh, fake fights and talk wrestling. Um, I'm going to start with something that happened a long time ago, uh, which was last Friday. And I'm going to talk about on AEW rampage. We had Anna J and Tay Conti versus Ruby Soho and Willow Nightingale in a street fight. Everyone's wearing white. You knew the things were going to get real. Uh, Willow and Ruby channeling the deadlies in their uh, camouflage pants. Willow get the tables, you know, funny little bits. But Ruby hits a gusher uh, and just basically bleeds all over everybody. I had seen the still photos from this match on Twitter uh, days before I actually got around to watching it. I assumed everybody was bleeding, but apparently it was just Ruby bleeding on everybody. So Ruby loves the business. Um, Anna Jay takes a powerbomb from Willow that completely misses the table, like off of the stage, which was scary. And eventually Tay takes a, a face bump into the tax and Ruby and Willow get the win. Uh, I think that this did a great job at not only putting some shine back on Ruby Soho, but also making Willow look more awesome to people that might not have been bought into the bought into her, which shame on you if you're in that camp. And Joe no longer will jeans with knee pads on the outside be the official street fight gear. Uh, it'll be little red shorts, uh, just just saying. But uh, uh, the only other thing I'll say is that's two bloodbath street fights in a row featuring TJ, and we might have to change it to hashtag TJ Tuesdays. That's not going to happen. Oh, come on. <laughs> you could do it alongside, but it's not replacing Terry Tuesday. All right. Um, and hey, uh, so we'll, we'll, I'll get to my thoughts on the match, but I just want to throw this out there. Like literally as we're recording this, um, Jay's family put up, um, an update on social media that, um, the surgery that both the girls had, uh, went well. Um, they both have a long road ahead of them and his older daughter is starting to regain some of the feeling in her legs. Okay. I mean, okay. But they're, they're, they're both, I, I don't want to diminish any type of injury, but they're both like not in danger of dying is the, the dumb word I'm Co- trying to correct. say. Correct. Okay. Correct. All right. Um, that, that's the only thing I was unclear about. A, you know? a day ago, that wasn't the case, you know? Yeah. Um, right now it is. Um, every, everything looks, you know, surgery went well. Um, that's, that's good. Yes. Uh, so, yes. Uh, so, this match was awesome. Um, yes, when Ruby first got busted open, wink, um, I'm like, <laughs> oh, okay, she's all right. And then, like, I don't know if she did, like, another pass or whatever it was, um, uh, but, you know, that was, uh, up there with, like, a top three blade job, you know, gusher that I've seen in, in my life. It was crazy. It was, like, that nice, thick, viscous blood, you know? Yeah, put that girl in Blackpool Combat Club. <laughs> um, going into the match as they all came out, I'm like, 
Oh, Willow has her hair in braids. I hope, like, it returns back to its normal shape and form afterwards, you know? Yeah. Sometimes when you put your hair in braids, it kind of fucks it up a little bit, you know? She looked fine on Wednesday. Yeah, she did. Um, but Tay and Anna wearing the little shorty shorts with the white leggings under them was a choice for a street fight. <laughs> a good um, choice. But then... Th- Willow and Anna doing the spot off the stage and them completely missing the table. Um, so this brings up another problem um, that was happening over the weekend on social media, right? So everyone's like, what a careless company, um, you know, putting Anna Jane into danger and making her take that spot off the stage. So unsafe. Um Ruby, you know, she's a 115-pound woman losing that much blood. And look, here's a still shot of the match. And uh, Aubrey Edwards is not directly on top of her sewing the cut closed, you know? (laughs) Yeah. And this is just from a lot of people's mindset in professional wrestling when it comes to a double standard for men versus women. That's all it is. All it comes down to, how many times have we seen Moxley or Eddie Kingston or Chris Jericho or however many other people bleed like that and just gusher and just a disgusting amount of blood, right? But it's like, oh, and then they're like, oh, it's because Ruby's smaller than them. Okay, true. She is smaller than them, but she's not pumped. Like, because she's smaller, it just looks like it's a lot more blood pumping out of her than it is that pumps out of. Eddie Kingston, who's twice the size of her. Jericho, who's twice the size of her. Moxley, who's twice the size of her. Any of these guys that have had crazy blade jobs uh, on AEW TV, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And then the bit with Anna going off the stage. It was a taped show. We would have heard if she was injured. Um, And if she was injured, they probably... And if she was injured so severely, they probably wouldn't have played the footage on TV in the first place. Yeah. They would have just had them, like, brawl off, and then that would have been the end, because they had plenty of time to edit it. So she was fine. How many times have we seen, in AEW alone, Sammy Guevara, uh, Darby Allen, all these other people take these crazy, even more crazy bumps, more disgusting bumps, put their bodies on the line willingly, not in a miscalculation where we overshot the table, but like, yeah, sure, throw me, like, swing me uh, giant swing-style head first into the barricade on the outside. Don't worry, I won't put my hands up so it'll look good, you know? Yeah. Um, It's a double standard with men and women. Everyone's got to get over it. Women can wrestle like men can. Or how about, like, men and women just wrestle, and that's the way that it is, you know? But that's um, not what Jim Cornette wants, though. I don't know what you know. What I don't care. You know what? And I'll say this: I'm gonna pause. Jim Cornette and his wife donated a lot of money to uh, the the Give Send Go for Jay Briscoe. I'm not gonna say nothing bad about Jim Cornette today. He gets a pass. All right. Some people gave this much money and they got a year pass. <laughs> Jim Cornette gets a day pass. Gotcha. And I'll just say that it's funny how a lot of these safety police always just pick a company, but they don't look at anything else in the other company. You know, like maybe maybe they have an axe to grind at AEW, but like if something similar happens in NXT or WWE, they don't care. It's it's weird how that works, you know? Right. And 
whatever my feelings are as her as a you know performer or a person or whatever it is, I also feel bad that so many people, so many people, even people in the business, took this match as an opportunity to take shots at Aubrey Edwards, right? And listen, the last couple of weeks in the show, I'm like, oh, that Aubrey Wet Edwards, she cost Double J the tag team titles. Ooh, my blood is boiling, right? <laughs> and if you can't see that that's a bit, I don't know what to tell you. But like when people take a screenshot of her doing her job and it's like, oh, what carelessness by the official, you know, just to incite that audience that already have it out for her some, for some reason. And again, she's no better or worse than any of the other referees. Uh, I'll even go as far as to say that she's probably a better referee by a country mile than Rick Rick Knox, okay? Oh, yeah. <laughs> country mile. How come nobody says nothing bad about Rick Knox? And they say all this bad <laughs> stuff about Aubrey Edwards. Is it because it's a woman? Absolutely, that's the reason why. Yeah. And I would like to think that if you listen to this show, that you don't have that sort of gender bias when it comes to any field of performing, any aspect of professional wrestling, any aspect of whatever performance that you like, that a man does it better than a woman just because men are superior than women. You need to get that sort of mindset out of your life, especially if you are a parent, you're going to be a parent, you have young females in your family as nieces, as cousins, as whatever it is, even though in your mind you're not setting that bad example for them, you are with your actions, you are with your words. And I hate that this show has become so goddamn preachy today. Adam, <laughs> I'm going to ask for something else to talk about. I'll, I'll just end this with, uh, I feel like I do a good job of overcorrecting. I discriminate against men. And I just, you know, that's why I'm all like, hey, let's give us more women refs and more, you know, more women wrestlers because, yay. Well, you're um, just looking for Sky Blue to uh, play every role on TV. If Sky Blue could wrestle Sky Blue with the referee of Sky Blue, commentary by Sky Blue would be your perfect uh, WrestleMania main event. So uh, I'm booking that right now in my head. But uh, all right, moving on. Uh, I'm going to stick with AEW uh, because I feel like I, I might be. AEW pilled. Uh, okay. I, I tweeted something out about this last night because I got done watching Dynamite and Danielson versus Bandito was amazing. And Darby Allen versus Kushida was was really good. Uh, I, I'm a Kushida mark, so you know maybe I'm biased. Even the pre-tape MJF promos were like shockingly good. Like I'm not gonna say, oh, they're promo of the year. I'm not in the major Facebook group. I'm not gonna say that. Um but, like, they were good for MGF promos, especially compared to what we've been seeing recently. And, like, even though he wasn't on TV this past week, they showed, like, a recap. And, like, we didn't talk about this at all last week. But, like, Adam Cole coming back, I, I popped huge for that. I'm a big Adam Cole mark. But I don't know, man. Like, I tweeted out that, like, how can you watch this show and then watch the Uncle Howdy show? And actually say, no, I, I like Uncle Howdy better. It just, these people are allowed to vote and drive vehicles, and it, it's scary. Devil's advocate, Adam, I will say that you can enjoy really good professional wrestling and Uncle Howdy at the same time and understand that there is a distinct difference between the two. I, I agree, <laughs> but when you are like somebody that's wearing 
like uh, you're wearing a Drew McIntyre shirt, your fanciest Drew McIntyre shirt out on the town, and then you're like AEW's garbage, and nobody should watch that, and it's it's crap wrestling, and oh, it's gonna go out of business. Uh-huh. Did you see how few people were sitting on hard cam side? Oh, they're they're not gonna be around in a year. Like those people, like oh my god, that's so frustrating. How can you watch this program? And I get it. Maybe you're not into bloodbaths. Maybe you're not into. Uh, like a, a super technical match, but to be like, oh, this is garbage, man, you got to get your head checked out. I, I think there's people that don't watch it and they just see the clips or the gifs either in context or out of context or like from the many AEW botches accounts. Like we didn't talk about it last week, right? But there was a bit in the Danielson uh, Takeshina match where um, Brian goes to go over to Keshita with a sunset flip. Takeshita catches him and, like, gives him almost kind of like a Styles Clashy sort of thing, like a Code Red sort of thing, right? Yeah. And people are like, oh, my God, this was a botch. I hope Danielson's okay. And I'm like, first of all, Danielson's a goddamn professional, maybe the best wrestler of the modern era. And second of all, if you watch it, it's very clearly a planned spot, right? Yeah. So it's just people looking for any reason. And I'm with you. Dynamite has been on a roll lately. And again, I'm not, I will never say that I'm AEW pilled, but it just so happens that a lot of people that I really like and people that I'm friends with happen to be in AEW. So I'm going to be more, uh, uh, I'm going to lean more toward being a fan of that sort of stuff. And the Jeff Jarrett, Jay Lethal or the, the, the orange Cassidy or, uh, Jay Lethal match, maybe Jay Lethal's best match in AEW. Mm-hmm. But that's because it had like all the goofy bells and whistles with you get uh, the Jarrett and Sanjay and Satnam band from the building and then they buy a ticket to come and kick people out of their seats. And then Dan Housen comes down as an usher and makes them check their tickets. And then Jarrett somehow has snuck the guitar down. And Jeff Jarrett so bad wants to hit OC with the guitar. And then he sneaks the guitar in. And then Dan Housen steals the guitar. Like, it's the dog and pony show that you get from those old Memphis matches. So you got a match like that. Then you got um, Danielson versus Bandito, which was an amazing match to be just given away on TV, right? Yeah. Then you get Kushida versus Darby Allen. Another amazing match. Just give it away on TV. You get the build of the angle now where it looks like they're going with the women, where they're doing like the, a- the, the AEW originals, quote unquote, taking on the people that came over from WWE. Like they, they have a plan, you know, and it looks clear and it looks like they have a direction and it's interesting and I want to follow where it goes. And outside of like maybe like one or two angles on WWE TV, like, that's like six things that I'm interested in where they're going on AEW TV, right? Yeah. I mean, for WWE, all I care about is the bloodline. And if, like, Sammy ends up getting, like, a match on, on like, fast lane against Roman Reigns where he just gets squished and they're like, okay, that's done. And it becomes the, the Cody Rhodes show. No offense, Mr. Tim, but, like, then I'll lose interest in that. But for right now, that's all I care about on that show. Well... There is one other thing I care about on that show, Adam. Well, you're the only one. Fans missed you, (laughs) right? I mean, all social media was abuzz hoping you would make your triumphant return. If I'm honest, I was one of those fans. I actually got goosebumps just thinking about what bringing you back would feel like. And now I get my hands on you after all this time. Mountain Dew Pitch Black is back, baby! Yeah! 
what? There's no way you possibly thought I was really excited for that cross-eyed half-wit Bray Wyatt, did you? No, no! Don't get lost in the sauce. I'm talking about Mountain Dew Pitch Black, backed by popular demand for a limited time and actually worthy of my time. Yeah! <laughs> so listen, for I, no, every no, no, no. QR code that snuck into an Uncle Howdy entrance, uh-huh. give me six of those. <laughs> I was going to say, I care more about a Mountain Dew commercial than I do about watching that match at the Royal Rumble. That's not good for WWE, but it's good for LA Knight. Yeah. It's great for LA Knight. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that was like, he's just like, it's fantastic. He wasn't on TV this week. They did like a QR code video with Bray Wyatt where they teased the Fiend is coming to the Royal Rumble. Whatever. I need LA Knight cutting promos about Mountain Dew Pitch Black every week on my TV. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, I'll agree with you with the pro the the Mountain Dew stuff. That's good stuff. But more and more people coming around drinking that LA Night Quill sponsored by Mountain Dew Pitch Black, you know? Yeah. All right, that's all I got. If I worked myself into a shoot, I'm working everyone else into one as well. Yeah, but you don't do bits, Joe. That's the thing I like about you. No, this is listen, <laughs> I, I will admit it started off as a bit, one hundred percent, but uh <laughs> it's not a bit anymore. <laughs> <clears throat> Excuse me. Speaking of bits, uh let's get into homework, huh? Yeah. Homework. Homework. It's an obligation you owe your family and yourself. Home, home, homework. Homework. It's an obligation you owe your family and yourself. All right. Uh, so Adam assigned to me. Uh, the World Wrestling Entertainment Films uh, movie Fighting With My Family, a dramatization <laughs> of Paige, a.k.a. Soraya, from uh, AEW's rise to becoming a World Wrestling Entertainment superstar. Uh, if you did not watch this movie, you can go read our friend Kevin's write-up over at his uh, blog, MassLibrary.com. Um, so I got thoughts about this movie, Adam. All right. Well, I'll just say this is my second time watching it. I liked it more this time, and I hope you do not bury this. If you do, you have no soul, but go on. Well, so that's actually in my notes, Adam. All right. Uh, that apparently I have no soul. Okay. So, um, I know, um, Kevin had put on social media. It's like, wow, this is a really good movie. And then in his write up, he said it was a really good movie. Um, so, um, I will say that this is probably, and again, uh, low bar, this is probably like the second best WWE films film of all time behind what's number one. See no evil. I know. I love, but I'm a horror movie guy. So I love see no evil, right? You're biased. That's not on my list of, of movies to watch. Just so you Absolutely. I'm biased. See no evil is a fun um, like low rent slasher movie that just happens to star a uh, mush brained idiot, you know. <laughs> um, so again, I'm not gonna go through the whole thing of the movie, right? You know, mm-hmm. um, it, it, we, we got some stuff, but he, here's my biggest problem with the movie. Okay, 
There's no likable um, protagonists. Okay. I, I know. I know we're supposed to like um, Paige on her journey. Because listen, I I have pages of notes of like little things that I'm nitpicking because like we know too much about the res- wrestling business at this point, and it's a movie that plays fast and loose with wrestling being a work. So like when they're get or like they're talking about stuff in wrestling that's a work and the verbiage and the and the lingo and all that sort of stuff and they get it wrong or like the writer director like found a word like um receipt right like there's three different scenes like oh I'm gonna give you a receipt I'm gonna give you a receipt this time I'm gonna give you a receipt a receipt a receipt a receipt okay everybody we get it you learned the word receipt <laughs> you worked it into the goddamn script let it go right mm-hmm. but. Paige is an unlikable character in the film. Um, like she's very wishy-washy. She just gets into wrestling because, you know, her parents want her to, and she doesn't really want to either. Like she did when she was a little kid, but then she kind of gets roped into it when they need a replacement on the show. Her brother's the one who really wants it. And Adam, how do we know her brother really wants to be a professional wrestler? How? He could recognize every WWE superstar <laughs> by their boots. All right, you can nitpick little little lines like that. Like, I just want to address before we get too far behind. I think uh, Paige's parents are very likable characters. Oh, yes, but like they're likable, like foul mouth, uh, raunchy criminals, you know. But with hearts of gold. Okay, with hearts of gold, but, like, their bits were the best parts of the movie. And I I disagree with you. I think that uh, he has his trials in this movie, but Paige's brother, you know, shows very likable moments, especially, like, teaching the blind kid how to wrestle and, you know, just trying to keep the one kid out of gangs. Like, there's likable things in there, but there's these people – have their ups and they have their downs. There's nobody that's like super great the entire movie, but it's meant to take place over the course of, you know, months or even a year or two. To to paraphrase one of the greatest Scott Steiner promos of all time, no simpy, Adam. I felt no sympathy for Paige. I didn't want to see her succeed. I felt no sympathy for Zach. He came off as a jerk. Um even I, I know what you're saying, like, oh, he kept the kids off drugs and he trained the blind kid how to wrestle begrudgingly when his quote unquote dream was taken away from him. He was like a little bitch and he sucked and he neglected his girlfriend. He neglected his baby. He neglected all of those people. And I get we're supposed to be on the journey with this character as he learns that maybe his place in wrestling isn't in front of the camera maybe it's as a trainer who teaches the next generation kind of like vince vaughn and again i don't care what his name is hutch mccoolahan he's an (laughs) amalgamation of like mick foley william regal bill demont norman smiley triple h he's like all the nxt uh which we call trainers and plus other people into one person and i get that you have to do that for a script purpose but again we get the revelation spoilers for fighting with my family everyone that vince vaughn's character was the character that sacrificed himself in the ring taking the bump off the 30-foot cage 1998 at king of the ring Mm -hmm. to get the rock over right more on the rock shortly that's why the rock calls him sex tape because he makes people famous 
We're gonna make a sex tape joke in a movie about Paige. <laughs> maybe we could maybe we could have left that one on the the cutting room floor, picked another anyway. Um, but then like you see that the parallels between Vince Vaughn's character's life and the brother's life, you know, kind of mirroring each other. And I think they could have done like maybe a little bit more there where like we get that second phone call from Zach to Vince Vaughn's character. It's like, oh, did you get my tapes? And they have that conversation where maybe we get just like maybe like a third, like maybe just like a 90 second, two minute scene of Vince Vaughn kind of like looking back at his old career and kind of like maybe reminiscing about a little bit of what he could have been, you know, mm-hmm. and maybe even like as and like i'm kind of glad that they didn't like so ham ham fistedly like have the vince vaughn characters say to zach it's like well listen you know i wasn't cut out to be an in-ring person but i'm shaping the future of the world wrestling entertainment maybe that's what you can do you know what i mean like they could have done that like a dumber movie would have done that but the fact that, like, we, the audience, had to come to that realization with the characters. But the problem is I didn't like the, our main characters. It's the notes you don't play, Joe. And I think that's why they didn't <laughs> they didn't so, talk to spell it right out. And then we get, like, the bit where, like, Paige is the one that's the jerk to the girls. Because, like, oh, I'm a real wrestler, whatever the fuck that means. And you guys are just cheerleaders and models and actresses. But they're trying just as hard as she is, right? Yeah. And like it's not like they're neglecting her or pushing her out. She's projecting that on them. Like, yeah, I mean I they're, think they're there not would have been like, I think there would have been a better story if the three blonde girls, especially I like the rib that the one girl's name was Jerry Lynn. <laughs> um that like the three blonde girls are jerks to Paige. And then Paige not so much like tries to curry their favor, but like Paige, like, they're having the trouble. Paige is coming along. Paige helps them out. And they're like, why are you helping us? Like, we're, you know, we've been shitty to you, right? And she's like, well, listen, we're all in this together. Like, we either all fail or we all succeed, right? Mm -hmm. And I think if they gave that moment where the blondies were mean and Paige is the one that kind of lifts them up, it's like, we're all going to work together, as opposed to they're all working together Paige is a jerk for no reason. Paige yells at them on the bus because she thinks that they're talking about them. And she's like, no. And then the one blonde is like, I have this sob story. I haven't seen my daughter in three months. And you're an asshole for bringing it up. And now like, oh, now I hate Paige. I want this blonde girl to succeed, not her. (laughs) I mean, you're, you're asking, like, let's change. Like, I get it. A lot of things were fast and loose with facts. But at the end of the day, we're making movies, pal. But I'm but okay the, with I'm okay with facts. No, and I'm okay like, with some of those other things. Like the receipt one was the only one that bugged me. I'm talking about like the basic the basic script structure well, of no, how you I mean, get us to sympathize with our lead character. What I'm trying to say is like you're you're asking like if if any of this was based on any kind of feedback from Paige, like of how she went through the process or from her perspective maybe she volunteers the information that, hey, I was a standoff asshole and it bit me in the ass. And this is my my story of how I, you know, I learned the error of my ways and I, I ended up changing. And like, I get it that she's not likable in the middle of the movie, but she's likable by the end. And all the characters that you don't like are likable by the end. It's called a hero's journey, Joe. Like, I, I think that, 
you're asking, like, why don't, you know what? We should, to make this a better movie, we should have made her brother, Zach, also end up in the WWE. Then it would have been better. Like, you can't change, like, big things with the movie because it's somewhat based on truth. You know, it's inspired by true events. Inspired by true events. Like, the time that they did the tryout um, in the UK and they bumped into The Rock backstage and The Rock cut a five-minute promo on them. Well, they had to have that so they can play that on Monday Night Raw to promote the movie. Uh huh. Inspired by true events. And then she gets, they get to go to WrestleMania, and Uh then she gets to go to The Rock's private box, where The Rock gets to be the one that tells her that she's not only getting called up to the the main roster, she's debuting on Monday Night Raw the next day, and she's winning the Divas title. But The Rock doesn't make any decisions in the world wrestling entertainment. He's just an employee like her, but she he still gets to do all these special things. He it's almost it as though The Rock was using this as a way to kind of put himself over. Well, his didn't his production company have something to do with making this? Yes. So? I, again, I you're just... You're not going into this with just an open mind. I, I think... Like the dialogue in this is great. Like the Nick Frost and Lena Headey were amazing in it. Yeah, like, they I were good. They, they were really good. Yeah. Like <laughs> the bit where Nick Frost is like talking to the one big the the his the one of his wrestlers, and he's like, "Glenn wants to know if you'll take one of these." He just hits him in the face with a steel uh, with like a trash can and hits him in the nuts with a bowling ball. Uh, Florence Pugh is amazing. Like end sentence <laughs> like uh-huh. i i just don't know why you're like no man this isn't a documentary following the exact events uh or they didn't change it to make it so that i liked everybody in it like there's got to be a mixture of some of the both i liked some of the jokes i liked the parents um i'm just looking at my notes here of the jokes that i liked um I like that we got two full montages of The Rock's greatest hits, plus we got the two scenes with The Rock. Oh, no, wait, I didn't like those. Um, when did you become so anti-Rock? Are you in, like, the, like, mm, still owes Snickers? Is that, are you on that camp? I'm not gonna say that I'm anti-Rock, I'm just, I just feel as though in the last maybe, like, five years, The Rock is not The Rock that we all know and love. He may have been replaced by a pod person. <sighs> Um, I'm st- until something cancelable like really happens. I'm still on Team Rock. I don't know why um, you guys all turned on him. And again, I, I'm just making a statement. The movie treats NXT like it's the tough enough challenge, which was weird, you know. But I get why they had like, I, like I, I get why they had to do that, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like you know, and oh, and then we get oh, and then we get the bit. Okay, so um, Paige comes home from for christmas and she's gonna work the match with her brother at the christmas show for the family show right Mm -hmm. and then the brother decides he's gonna go into business for himself and shoot on her by giving her a body slam and not cooperating on an irish whip and giving her a tombstone pile driver right Mm -hmm. now if this was okay Taking all of these things out of the consideration, okay? So, immediately, as soon as I'm in the ring with someone, even if it's my brother, okay, and he's not cooperating with me anymore, I'm just going to get out of the ring, okay? And I'm like, I'm done. You know what I mean? He's not cooperating. It's whatever it is. And the parents are literally right there at ringside. 
they don't inter like and this goes on for like at least in the movie like screen time like two minutes like i don't know what we were supposed to believe the length of this match is supposed to be but like here he is not cooperating they're a little bit more knowledgeable about the business than the kids so they could they should have been able to tell the parents should have like got in and like ran interference or like grabbed the son and be like oh what are you doing like they would have been able to work it and make it part of the match and again i get why we're doing it but i'm just like it's a shoot body slam unless you're fit finley you're not doing shoot body slams you know well they told the ref to get involved right and the ref didn't and the ref didn't the ref counted the pinfall you know yeah again i you're just trying to treat this all with like super knowledge of wrestling I can't help but to have, if I'm watching a movie about wrestling that is exposing the business of professional wrestling, (gasps) I can't help but not to have that part of my brain activated when watching this movie. But even further still, this was a fine movie. Wasn't like this blowaway thing. I would never recommend it to anyone. Second best WWE films movie of all time is a very low bar. Whatever. (sighs) <sighs> I'm just, I'm very disappointed in you. I just want to say that. All right. Um, all right. I guess we won't go into any more detail, but Joe, we have Christmas bounty ready to rumble and now fighting with my family. Where does fighting with my family rank for you? Oh, okay. I didn't know we were supposed to be keeping track of these things. I I'm keeping track in you. You're welcome to. Okay. Ready to rumble. Number one. Okay. Fighting with my family number two, Christmas Bounty number three. I am going fighting with my family, ready to rumble Christmas Bounty. And I'm going to be honest with you, it's not even close. It's fighting with my family, about 20 blank spots, and then ready to rumble. Now, see, I wouldn't say it's 20 blank spots between number one and number two for me, but it's going to, it's, it's closer to seven. <laughs> it's closer to seven. I enjoy, I have a, kitschy nostalgia for the kind of goofy movie that Ready to Rumble is. A movie not without its flaws. Not without dozens of flaws, right? But warts and all, if you're saying to me, Joe, you're going to have to watch one of these two movies again, I'm picking Ready to Rumble over Fighting With My Family. (laughs) And I love how, like, all of your criticisms about exposing the business and, and, like, using terms repeatedly or incorrectly all these things that happen much worse in ready to rumble are, are all of a sudden a problem when the rocks movie does it oh again that it, it, it a modern day movie that was made in 2000 released in 2019 if ready to rumble as is not a single change was made to it was released as a brand new movie in 2019 i'd be furious right yeah. It's nostalgia. It's a product of its time. It's a 22-year-old movie. I've got, like, you know, a soft spot for it. Maybe we'll revisit Fighting With My Family in 15 years, and I'll be like, you know what? I was a little hard on that movie, you know? But I'm not going to watch a movie again. All right. Well, the rest of your show homework assignment, my show homework assignments for the rest of the year are all going to be the films of Florence Pugh. Oh, Okay. <laughs> We're going to watch Midsommar next, I guess? Quite possibly, yeah. All right, awesome. All right, what Um, do you got for me? All right, well, what I got next for you, Adam, is 
an in-between uh, uh, world that we're living in with what I'm assigning you. You know, I wanted to give you the uh, WCW 2000 that was booked in between Vince Russo runs. Yeah. Um, this is the Thunder where Russo is kind of like one foot out the door. And he's not completely removed. Like, he's almost removed from power. He's completely removed from power at the pay-per-view coming up. But this is the episode of Thunder that takes place in between Nitro that we watched last week and the pay-per-view that we're going to watch in a couple weeks. Uh, We have Vampiro taking on Crowbar. Uh, We have Norman Smiley defending the hardcore title against uh, Brian uh, Suggs. Snugs? (laughs) Snugs. Now, so, okay, so then... We get um, a cruiserweight evening gown match of Medusa versus Oklahoma. Now, bear in mind, this was advertised to be taking place on the pay-per-view on Nitro. It's happening on Thunder. Oh, that's nice of WCW, giving it away for free. We have a triple threat match of Booker T taking on Stevie Ray, taking on Midnight. Again, we have Booker T versus Stevie Ray announced for the pay-per-view. We get this match on Thunder. Uh, even though these players were not on Nitro, sh- bottle of champagne on a pole match as Bam Bam Bigelow takes on Chris Champagne Canyon. Again, <laughs> this was a match that was supposed to be on the pay-per-view, and they're giving it away on Thunder. It's almost as though they're readjusting things for the new booking regime that's coming in at the pay-per-view this weekend. Mm, okay. In our, in our Thunder main event, we have the tag team of Chris Benoit, Sid Vicious... Taking on Kevin Nash and Jeff Jarrett, who on the previous episode of Nitro, we were told has a concussion, and we don't know if he'll be able to compete at the pay-per-view, but he's competing on this episode of Thunder three days before the pay-per-view. Well, it's a tag match, you know, so that takes a little bit of the pressure off, plus uh, concussions didn't, like, last as long back then. Right, back in 2000, you just rub some dirt on it, you'd be okay, right? Yeah, yeah. you just had to stay away from the, the leg press machine, that's all. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but I definitely have never seen this episode of Thunder. Um, I'm excited to watch it only because I know what happens at the pay-per-view. Mm-hmm. And more importantly, I know what happens at the Nitro the day, night of the pay-per-view. So I'm very interested to see how they explain giving away three of the pay-per-view matches on the Thunder before the pay-per-view. I'm sure they'll explain it competently and in a way that is uh, believable. And yes, yeah, all right, cool. Because I and like I said, I haven't I haven't dug back through the dirt sheets and everything, but there's one thing that I have. Like when we get ready to watch the pay-per-view, like. <laughs> It's just going to knock your socks off when I tell you what it is. Like, what, the, like, all the shit that we just saw. Like, you, you're, like, everyone has, like, a very good working knowledge of that powers that be era of uh, Russo and Ferrara coming in that November to January, whatever it was, how bad all that stuff was. Bad. And That's when Russo was, like, Dr. Claude. You only right. saw him for, the, like, or, like, George Steinbrenner on Seinfeld. You never saw him in the front. So there's a suggestion that Russo makes in between this Thunder and the pay-per-view that Harvey Schiller and the hires up at Turner are like, okay, that's the final straw. We're sending you home. Kevin Sullivan, get in here and try to fix this, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And when I tell you what it is, you're going to think I'm lying, but... All right. Well, looking forward to getting there. Yes. Uh, Speaking of um, disasters in the making... (laughs)
the gender neutral monarch of Atpod Wrestling. Jill, the the fact that you're calling this a disaster in the making, like somebody's going to win this. And when they're proudly touting the fact that they're the fourth annual ish gender neutral monarch tournament champion, and then I'm just going to point it out to them that, hey, Joe thinks this whole thing is a sham and that you're illegitimate. And I hope they beat the tar out of you. So, first of all, I never said it was illegitimate. <laughs> I never said it was a sham. Those were your words. Well, I'm, I'm like, using similes to what you would use. You're projecting onto me. All right. Well, would you like to know the results, Joe, assuming you haven't looked yet? Yeah. Well, you know, like, obviously. Uh, well, okay. So, I'll say this. I did my voting, mm-hmm. and I peaked maybe back, like, a day or two later after I voked, voted. And there's been little to no movement as to where the standings were on Friday to where they are when the polls closed. Yeah, I feel like this happens every year. Like when more and more competitors are eliminated, there's less eyes on it, you know, and, you know, sometimes a podcast suggests or nominates somebody. And obviously if their guy gets eliminated, you know, they might stop retweeting the stuff. So there were less votes in this. And I expect potentially even less votes when we get to like the, the semifinals and the finals. But with that being said, we do have some winners in the quarterfinals. And advancing with 68% of the vote and defeating Swoggle is Wes Barkley. Uh, I wouldn't say an up an upset. Uh, Barkley Nation is strong. Absolutely. All right. And next up. And this one, I am I'm kind of surprised that there wasn't more of a fight from one of these competitors. Because Ziggy Heim defeats Derek Dillinger with 66% of the vote. Yeah, I was, uh, like I said, if I was putting money down, I would have lost money on this. I thought this was going to be a lot closer. Really could have gone either way. But if you're going to make me pick a winner, I would have went with Derek. Uh, I'm happy that Ziggy won. Uh, I got no problems with either one of these competitors. Yeah. So in the semifinals, we will have Ziggy versus Wes. Interesting. I don't think those two have ever lost. I think they've uh, tangled a bit, but I don't think they've ever had an official match uh, in the world of sports and entertainment. They've been in, like, multi-person matches, multi-tag team matches, and so forth. Never a one-on-one. So uh, maybe this will inspire someone to put this match on, you know? Yeah, absolutely. All right, so over on the other side of the bracket, in our closest matchup and winning by 58% of the vote, CPA defeats Cheeseburger. A uh, little bit of a spoiler, not taking anything away from CPA, but I think CPA just wanted it more. How about that? <laughs> yeah, he definitely uh, he, he did some retweeting and got some support out there, but uh, good for him. And in what many are saying was one of the biggest squishes they've ever seen, continuing a dominant streak in this tournament, uh, the boar defeats Mandy Rose with 72% of the vote. And Adam, I'm going to have to give you credit uh, for your booking, your okay. long-term booking, after not one time, not two times, not three times, but four times, stacking the deck, mounting the odds against the boar, right? <laughs> Somehow, you have booked the biggest baby face in the history of the gender-neutral monarch of at-odds history, <laughs> And again, when he wins the tournament, 
and I have it on good authority that he's going to change the name of the tournament to the gender-neutral monarch of the mountain, and he's changing his theme to this. When the boar wins the whole thing after four years of being yanked around, screwed around by you, you can come back and say, this has been your plan all along. Are you done? Are you done? All right, first of all, whoever wins this tournament, and quite frankly, for you to just assume that it's going to be the boar, uh, you're getting ahead of yourself because first the boar has to face CPA, and uh, you're being very dismissive of CPA. Um, and I'll, you know That's kind of not cool, but even if the boar does make it past CPA, he's going to have to go against either Ziggy or Wes, and that's another tough matchup. And if he does finally do all that in advance and win the tournament. A, he ain't changing the name of shit because it's not going to be the King of the Mountain or anything like that. And B, I have never held back the boar just because the boar has lost some votes Mm -hmm. or lost some polls. doesn't mean it's my fault. And C, yes, I'm a very good booker. Thank you. (laughs) But... As I said, starting tomorrow, Friday, January 20th, at approximately 4-ish. I at will some put, random arbitrary time. Sometime between 4 and 5. It's not that hard. Follow At Odds With Wrestling on Twitter. Uh, we will have The Boar against CPA and Ziggy Heim versus Wes Barkley. Probably the most stacked semifinals. Er, semifinals? Yeah, semifinals we've ever had. Uh, definitely, at least in the last year. Yeah. <laughs> Within the last calendar year, this is definitely the most stacked one we've had. For sure. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to it, and uh, I don't like being blamed if, if people come up short. So hopefully that doesn't happen. No, no. No, no. There's no blame, Adam. <laughs> There's proof and facts. There's a big oh, difference. Adam booked the boar against Erica Lee, and that somehow, even though the boar won that matchup, that somehow screwed him out of last year's tournament. I, all right, keep it up. I, I'm glad you finally admitted it. Luckily, this show's being taped. <laughs> um, so one thing that Adam can't screw anyone around on is the uh, a fourth annual At Odds Rumble opportunity. Oh, opportunity. Five mean? bucks is going to get you a pick in the men or the women's. I want to congratulate our listeners for doing things the right way. As There's been years past where people are like, well, I want six picks in the men's rumble, but only four in the women's. And now we have like <laughs> an uneven number and whatever it is. There's still time to get your picks in. We're going to do the drawing live on the show next week. Yeah. Um, everyone will be messaged their numbers. And then, uh, you know, listen, if you haven't watched World Wrestling Entertainment in quite some time, you know, I know we kind of shit all over the product and so forth. But, um, you know, the Rumble is always a fun time, whether it be um, new people or whatever it is, uh, making their returns, making their debut, fresh faces, uh, people who recently trademarked their old gimmick names for no reason (laughs) whatsoever. Um, You know, there's always excitement and a buzz around the Royal Rumble, whether it be, like I said, at the top of the show, it being a good rumble and a bad undercard or a good undercard and a bad rumble or whatever the hell Shane McMahon did in the Royal Rumble last year. Um, that really is the one match left in World Wrestling Entertainment history where anything truly can happen, right? 
Yeah, except for when last year when my women's rumble pick turned out to be Zia Lee, and I was like, God damn it. <laughs> the real shooter of World Wrestling Entertainment. I heard she has a really good Instagram, according to Brett and DJ. She has a really good Instagram, yes. <laughs> and listen, yeah. I'll, I'll throw this in here. Things have gotten so crazy in wrestling, we haven't even talked about the Michigan State Police and Fire Union stepping in to try to prevent Vince from buying the company back. And the fact that Vince paid out a, a secret multi-million dollar settlement to Rita Chatterton for her rape allegations from 35 years ago. Vince McMahon, great guy. Yeah, I, I feel like I, I don't even want to bother talking about any like Vince stuff unless he's dead, which I, I certainly hope Fingers doesn't crossed. happen. Yeah, I hope that don't want to wish bad things on anybody or the company gets sold. I think one of those two things is like the next time we'll talk about any behind like that far behind the scenes stuff in WWE. Unless Vince shows up on TV. Well, yeah, then he's an on-screen character. You know, then then we're just dissecting the product. But yes. uh, anyways, about this uh, at odds rumble opportunity, uh, as Joe said, not a lot of spots left. Hopefully uh, we'll get those all taken up by the next show. Otherwise, I'm just buying all the other spots. Uh, and Joe, I, I never really asked you this because this is my first year handling the money. Uh, so I just want to make sure I'm doing it right. What what exactly is my cut? Like how much of a percentage am I keeping back from this? Like what's what's the 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 vig on this? Uh, you cross your fingers and hope that you win. Oh, okay. Never mind. I thought I like got to keep twenty percent off the top. All right, my bad. But yes, go ahead and DM me at the man Adam Van. I'll tweet it out again. You know, with all the show stuff. But uh, let's get these spots filled up. Yes, indeed. And let's get into our voicemail. Hey guys, it's Butters from IW Guide and from If You Catch My Drift. Uh, just wanted to call in and ask Adam, uh, you know, if he, uh, was going to stop going on doll safaris and go on a job safari anytime soon nope. and, uh, get back to being an adult like the rest of the world and, uh, yeah. you know, work for some big corporation and make, uh, some guy, uh, that's a billionaire, a trillionaire anytime soon. Um, also I need to remind you, um, to talk a bunch about Sky Blue, because you're a pervert. What? Um, you need to find out what that Daldork Broski did all week instead of oh, these um, fucking his wife. He probably was just playing with his own figure. Oh, dare you. Uh, and also make sure you talk about how Veda Scott uh, is better than you in every single possible way. I, I think all I'm right, a better wrestler. Uh, <laughs> I love you. Love the show. Um, don't ever call me again. Bye. <laughs> Um, all right, so Butters is pointing out the fact that I, I did call Indie Wrestling Guide this past week. Uh, with, I had concerns that maybe my notes app wasn't working right, so I called in my notes to Indie Wrestling Guide. Uh, and I do appreciate Butters you know, calling us and letting me know my notes. But um, Veda is a better commentator than I am, but that's because I'm the worst commentator ever. But that, So that's not really a compliment. And I have not taken a bump in 15 16 years but i i i will say right now without a shadow of a doubt i'm a better professional wrestler than veda scott 43 year old adam i am i don't care but uh if you disagree with me on that butters uh bankroll the match i don't know what to tell oh you. my goodness <laughs> but uh 
Thanks for calling. <laughs> yes, Butters, thank you very much for calling. I'm sorry you had to do Adam's dirty work. And, um, and, and also, don't tell me not to call. Jay Gold loves it. I'm calling again. You can call Jay Gold privately. How about that? No, then I don't get, like, attention. All right. <laughs> thank you, Butters. Next call. Hey, Joe and Adam, what's happening? It's your friend Kenny from the Mr. Men. Hope all is well. Uh, I don't know, I got this, uh, I don't know if you guys noticed, but, uh, there was a, uh, professional wrestler who works for a company on television, uh, who's in a tag team, who, uh, admitted the other day, or last week, or a couple weeks ago, whatever, that he has never watched a full Bret Hart match ever in his life. Hmm. Um, kind of surprising, being that, you know, if you were to be... Well, I mean, let's just take wrestling out of it. Like, if you wanted to be an artist and you've never heard of a famous painter or never, uh, if you want, if you're a singer and you never heard of, uh, you know, a famous singer or whatever, you, you would maybe want to do some research or maybe check out some of it to find out what this legend did so that you could maybe apply some of those same things to your own career and become a better wrestler. So, like, you know, he'll tweet out something stupid like, oh, hey, have no fear and push through. And I would just quote tweet it and be like, well, Bret Hart didn't have any fear against the Berserker during this classic from Challenge from, like, Monsoon Classics YouTube channel or something. And then, uh, so I've, I've had this, like, running bit for a couple weeks. I, I hit him the other day with a vintage clip of a sick Bret Hart roll-up finish against uh, Henry Godwin. Dude, if you... And I'm talking, like, all positive. I'm not like, hey, you motherfucker, fucker, watch a Bret Hart match, you stupid fuck, here's 12 of them. I'm like, every tweet that I've sent to this particular person was very respectful and very, like, relevant to what he's, you know, putting out there for his, you know, dopey, uh, metaphysical, whatever, tweets about stuff. And so uh, I send him the deal. I send him the, uh, you know, one of these this sick finish. And I was like, dude, if uh, you did this in one of your matches, the people would go nuts for it. You know, thumbs up. You know, whatever. Motherfucker literally climbs into my DMs and goes, stop tweeting me Bret Hart stuff. I don't want to block you or mute you, but please stop. And I was like... You soft-ass, fucking softy, softy, gotten-to pro wrestler <laughs> who can't even take 10 seconds while, like, waiting for a plane someplace to be able to, like, watch somebody who did pro wrestling, like, a billion times better than you and then maybe, like, learn and apply some of it to your own shit. Like, I don't know. Eddie Kingston would never. <laughs> I think uh, Kenny got cut off there, but I, he did call back, uh, but it wasn't about this. I do want to just play this uh, clip real quick okay. uh, from Kenny. All right. Oh, there we go. Bruce and Brody ain't wearing no mouthpiece. <laughs> Terry Funk ain't wearing no mouthpiece. Rest in peace, Jay Briscoe. <laughs> Thank you, Kenny. And, uh, you know, and that'd be a shame. You know, and I know Kenny took the high road and he didn't mention the wrestler's name, but it would be a shame if many of our listeners tweeted 
Bret Hart gifts and clips and so forth at Chris Bay of Impact Wrestling. <laughs> um, I will say that I think he's doing a bit trying to be funny and trying to get engagement. And it's funny that he's doing a bit to get engagement. And then when he gets engagement, he messages you and say, please stop engaging with me. Well, it's too much engagement. It's not the right amount, you know? I guess. So listen, I always say to you and I always say to Ed and I always say to everybody else, like when you're doing a bit like ring a bell, let me know what you're up to. Like, <laughs> and Chris Bay, if you're doing a bit where you want people to be like, I'm going to be the, I don't know who Bret Hart guy is. Okay. You're going to get engagement. So you either need to deal with it or not do your bit. Right. Yeah, where does he land on on Shawn Michaels as he watched Shawn Michaels stuff? So here's the thing. I I saw a picture from the recent TNA pay-per-view, and he had Shawn Michaels-inspired gear. Oh, so, all right. He's a smart guy. He picked the right wrestler from that era. He's very clearly doing a bit, but uh, (laughs) I'm absolutely going to tweet at Chris Bay my favorite Bret Hart clips. (laughs) Good luck finding one. Oh, there's kidding. dozens of them. I'm kidding. I, I like Mr. Hitman, but not as much as Sean, but well, not a great judge of character. <laughs> Thank you, sir. Thanks for the call. Thank you, Kenny. Next call. What's happening, fellas? It is your boy, Ronald Two Legs. I'm here calling back to the show. Um, just wanted to say uh, congratulations to Cheeseburger a gender-neutral monarch tournament. Uh, I think that's the only place he's ever beaten Isaiah Broner. Uh, certainly not going to happen in a wrestling match, that's for sure. So congratulations, Cheeseburger. You got that one. Uh, we'll, we'll let you have that one. Um, just going to call in and tell you, I, I enjoyed most of Joe's picks for the food thing that we talked about for my last call yeah. from last week. But Hardee's? Yeah. Hardee's. I mean, oh, God. Like, Ed... Ed loves Hardee's. We've had this argument. I don't know if it's because I've had this argument with him many times, and he's uh, silly for whatever reason, thinking Hardee's is good. But you guys both need to get your freaking heads checked for that one. Um, and also, I just wanted to say real quick, I swear to God, if I get shitty picks for this Rumble, because I bought a bunch of numbers, and I swear to God, I'm, I just know my, I already know what's going to happen. I have the worst luck with shit like that. Um, but just please uh, add on, uh, you know, Hook it up, man. Give me some good numbers. Give me some good karma, some, some mojo going in there, whatever whatever you got to get. I know you can't, you know, rig it, obviously, but I'm just saying, like, the good vibes. Bring it my way. Let me get a good number. Let me win something. All right. Have a good show, boys. I love you. Uh, Mr. Two Legs, I will trade you a good rumble pick for uh, a, a good draw on a Kenny Pickett card, I'll just say. <laughs> but, no, I'm going to give Joe the list, and he's going to put all of it in his John Cena cap and draw yep. from there. Uh, just because, uh, for whatever reason, Joe's integrity is never questioned, but mine is, is in question. So okay. Joe will be doing the draw. Just don't ask anyone that went to the raffles at VCW shows back in the uh, early 2000s. <laughs> um, anyway... Um, yeah. I, I will say this. I hope that however many picks uh, Pat has, I yeah. hope for the men's rumble he gets his good buddy Broski. And then <laughs> what's he going to do? Broski ain't fucking winning the rumble, but he got his buddy, so he can't so, complain, right? Says you, Broski ain't winning the rumble. but uh, uh, And also, Pat is uh, in an arms race with Marcus on who can have the most spots. <laughs> <laughs> well, again, listen, I know you said there's only seven spots left, uh, you know. I don't think I think you'll just split them between uh, Marcus and Pat. 
it's po- it might come to that, but hopefully yeah. some more people get involved. <laughs> All right, next call. Hey, Joe. Hey, Adam. It's the other JP here. Um, so the, again, thanks for the recommendations. Um, just recently I gone through, I watched, uh, the Hostile City Takeover, uh, match between, uh, Eddie Guerrero and, uh, Dean Malenko. Um, and that's, a that was a nice, uh, ripper there. Um, a lot of, uh, people around my age and maybe a little bit older, um, know and love Eddie a lot. Um, but I don't see too much um, for people um, talking about uh, Malenko. Um, I really, uh, you know, like the work that he uh, did in the match, and I'm looking forward to watching um, more of their matches together in uh, ECW. But uh, I wonder if there's like any um, feuds or standout matches of his that um, I should uh, draw my attention towards. Um, assuming, of course. Um, that he's not a persona non grata or mm-hmm. oh, otherwise, okay. because, well, it's the rest of the business. So there's, you know, a little bit of that, but alrighty. Well, um, looking forward to, uh, hearing the new episode. All right. Yeah. I think, uh, I think Dean Malenko still in the good graces, right? So, uh, I think Dean Malenko, uh, I, I think if you're in professional wrestling and you're over 60, I think it's uh, safe to say that you probably have a bad take out there somewhere, but Dean Malenko is the type of guy who doesn't have a social media, so we'll never know what it is. Yeah. Yeah. And he didn't talk much, so. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't have a specific match, but like, I, I love Dean Malenko and ECW and then all the cruiserweight stuff with Jericho that we're talking about in this day in wrestling history. You know, I feel like that's height of powers. When he went to WWE, like kind of, kind of didn't fit in with their system, and you know they made him uh, like a James Bond character for a week. I thought that was kind of funny, but Joe, I'm sure you have some specific matches. <laughs> I've got dozens. Uh, but... I give two. <laughs> okay, and I have to give four. Okay, so uh, there's a <laughs> yes, I do. There's a match on Nitro uh, where it's Dean Malenko against Sting, right? Okay. And Sting gives Dean Malenko a ton, right? Mm. Sting's in there like, I'm going to try to make this guy look like a million bucks. And surprisingly, he doesn't need to work that hard because it's goddamn Dean Malenko, right? Yeah. Um, you mentioned about the WWE stuff. He, Dean Malenko had a match on a Backlash pay-per-view when he was the Juicerweight champion against Scotty Too Hotty. That's amazing, right? Okay. Definitely check that one out. And then you mentioned... The so these are good matches, okay? This is a Dean Malenko match against a quote unquote heavyweight, a bigger star, and Dean Malenko hangs. This is a match where Dean Malenko is the champion, having a killer match on pay per view with you know probably somebody who doesn't have a lot of good matches. Who's like a character comedy guy, right? Mm-hmm. But what about Dean Malenko? As Adam mentioned, can he do the character stuff? That's why you have to watch. The match from Uncensored 98, where Dean Malenko takes on Chris Jericho, and then you have to watch the Bash at the Beach Cruiserweight Battle Royal. Okay. And again, if you don't know what happens, the fact that I'm mentioning Dean Malenko (laughs) should be enough to tip you off of what happens in that Cruiserweight Battle Royal. All right. Fair enough. Without giving it away, do you remember what happens in that Cruiserweight Battle Royal? (sighs) vaguely we'll talk off mike let other jb experience it yes so those are the four that you'd have to watch all right 
Report back to us. I feel yes. like that's like a, a like a special show homework type deal. Yeah, and I'm sorry I don't know the the episode of Nitro. It was definitely from like late '95, early '96. Uh, I don't think Sting and Dean Malenko had many singles matches, so it'll probably be very easy to find. Mm. All right, cool. Thanks for the call. Thanks for the call. Next call. Hello, guys. It's the strongest man in all the land, Arthur MacArthur. Giving you guys another call. Not much to really discuss. Obviously, before I say anything, I will say this Saturday, AIW Kent. Be sure to watch on Flight Plus. And if you're in the area, come watch. It's going to be a good time. And uh, Chuck Stone and I, we're getting those tag titles back. And uh, Adam, you know the plan. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> Anyways, yep. Yep. as some of you may know, sports betting is now legal in our home of Ohio. I don't know how much into betting you guys are. Maybe you're not, which is definitely a good thing. Unfortunately for me, I am addicted, just like everyone else here at AIW. So, any games, anyone I should pick this week, you know, any parlays, who do you got for the playoffs? <laughs> I don't know, give us some inspiration, and maybe I'll just split my wings with you guys. I don't know, that's all I got. You guys have a blessed weekend. Thank you, Artie. I just want to say, so, uh, good, uh, nice job, Ohio, uh, finally catching up to Pennsylvania, who got sports betting, what, like, Five years ago? Six years ago? Something Joe? like that. Yeah, all right. But uh, uh, I am not a big sports better. Uh, I do have, like, a FanDuel account, but I think I put 20 bucks into it, like, five years ago, and I still have, like, $3 of it left because I'll win money, I'll lose money. So I've never actually done a withdrawal. So um, I was more of an online poker guy during the initial boom. But luckily, I don't know if you know this, Joe, I have a bit of an addictive personality. Um, and it, when I gamble, it's hard for me to stop. So I, I don't, uh, do much anymore, but I feel like Artie would know all of my picks for football. If he were to listen to the award eligible episode of sports talk that dropped last week. Right. I was going to say no, you know, obviously no, nothing against you, but if Artie wants gambling advice, he should reach out to Marcus or Brett. Oh. Hundred percent. Yeah, I mean that's where like I, I feel like if I did want to gamble, I would ask them. But uh, like I said, if you want to know my picks, you know, check out Sports Talk. Think, and uh, I'll and I'll say this: I am picking the Bills to win the Super Bowl only because uh, the NFL is a work. <laughs> Plus, uh, I mean, the Chiefs really only won that one Super Bowl and probably aren't going to win another one. Right, Dynasty but- one. My money's on the bills, but I'm not. I don't. I don't gamble. <laughs> but uh, yeah, just kidding about the Ohio stuff, Artie. Uh, and again, I know where I'm supposed to be uh, this weekend. Uh, you know, we'll talk, pal. Yeah, Artie, you better got to win those belts back. Come on. Oh, we we will. We will. All right. <laughs> Next call. Hello, gentlemen. Kevin here. Boy, it's been a heck of a week in wrestling, hasn't it? Let's let's do something positive. Um, next Monday is the Raw 30th anniversary. And boy, I feel old because I mean, I remember when Raw started. I remember primetime wrestling announcing Raw would be on the next week. And I got 30 years of memories to my closest friends who I did a long past podcast with. I became friends with through wrestling. Like it, it literally affected my life. And uh, I'm currently writing up an article for another site about the Raw 30th, which hopefully will be up um, on Monday and check my social media for. It. But what's your, what's your best Raw memory? You know, what's your favorite thing from 30 years of Raw? So much to choose from. Um, I went to the one uh, right around WrestleMania with Bret Hart versus Sid in the steel cage and then seeing Bret flip out, not knowing 
how much that made TV, only finding out later on. Um, I, I remember crying for the Eddie Guerrero tribute episode. You know, uh, I remember getting together with an educator there to watch the Owen tribute one. Um, I, I remember just so much over the years. Um, I've watched it with friends. I've watched it with family members. I've watched it with girlfriends. You know, like everything over the years. Um, the height of Monday Night Wars when everyone was watching it being by myself in a room watching it because I love wrestling and I'm not watching it because it's popular. I'm watching it because I love it. And you know, we'll always love wrestling and all the way to becoming friends and getting to meet the two of you, you know, if raw didn't happen, then I wouldn't, I probably would have left off wrestling with WWE superstars and that would have been it. You know, so thank you for 30 years of wrestling and how it's affected 30 years of my life. So what's, what's your raw memory, your raw touchstone, if you will? You know, how raw may have changed your life in a way. Something positive today. Thank you, guys. Talk to you later. Uh, he gives us a really nice, easy one, doesn't he? You know? <laughs> I um, thought at first the way he was leaning was it was like a raw that we were there live for, but then he like mentioned like six other ones, you know? Well, well, I, I feel like you, you might be guessing my guess because uh, I think that my favorite Raw, like quite possibly the best Raw over the course of 30 years, was a Raw that I was at, Joe. And it was all the way back in November of 2022. <laughs> because, Joe, I was about six feet away from... Quite possibly the greatest professional wrestler that has ever laced up a pair of boots, and that's Alexa Bliss. And I can't think of another instance where I was that close. So, uh, yeah, that episode of Raw and Wilkes Bear. Now, again, Adam, for the sake of the restraining order, I'm going to say that you were six feet and one inch away from Alexa Bliss that night. That is true. Well, uh, well thank you for, yeah, for correcting me on that. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, so, you know, it's, it's so interesting to say... Um, you know, it's it's something, you know, we mentioned at the top of the show, of course, the bit with Tyson and Austin, Austin and Tyson um, yeah. kind of changing the game for WWE and being a WWE guy who was watching Raw during all those times. Um, but there's so many pre-Attitude Era moments that I remember so vividly, like the Owen and Shawn Michaels match with the Inzagiri that, you know, the kick to the back of the head that quote unquote kills Shawn Michaels, right? Yeah. Um, all the ECW stuff, because um, I was a huge ECW guy. Oh, yeah. So in like 96, 97, when like Taz in the crowd with a Sabu Fears Taz sign, or they get let the they let the ECW guys have the match. And we reviewed it on the show here last year. You know, are those great um, episodes of Monday Night Raw? Absolutely not. But are they memorable? Because my favorite promotion was, quote unquote, invading Monday Night Raw. Yeah, it was awesome. And yeah. I, I vividly remember those th things so strongly, you know? Yeah, like, I feel like, especially pre-Attitude Era, when those shocking things would happen, like, me as, like, a young kid, I'd be talking about them for weeks, whether it yeah. be ECW showing up. Uh, like, I, I was a huge Shawn Michaels, Mark, but I when Marty Jannetty jumped the railing and attacked him, like, yep. I was like, oh, my God! Uh, or even just recently recreated with a really good box set, uh, you know, Razor losing to the Lightning Kid. Yep. You know, like those types of things. So, like, a lot of those stick out as, like, pre-Attitude Era. 
and really anything during the heyday of like rock austin you know ministry undertaker whatever like just such great stuff back then yeah i don't know if i could pick just one though you know it's so tough to say um but like the 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 one that we mentioned at the top of the show the you the the tyson and austin thing just for like the historical significance of it like that has to be in your top five you know yeah and it's funny like there hasn't been uh, like a raw in the last five years that you could put in those same sentences um okay in the last other, five obviously years other, other than the one we were at where i was six feet and one inch away from alexa bliss if i sat down and thought about it i could probably you know figure one out but the problem is wwe over the last like 20 years has become like so rote and so like you know whatever I know they tried to recreate that with the Biggie um, Money in the Bank cash in beating Bobby Lashley. Uh I know they tried to recreate that. Like they try to recreate that with Money in the Bank cash ins. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I know there was a lot of people that when Little Johnny made his return on Monday Night Raw, that was a big deal. You know. Yeah, I love Gargano, but I would never put that in the same sentence of any of the other stuff we just talked about. You know. Right. Um, I don't know if it was five years. But there was the one um, where The Rock was on, and he says a bunch of shit to Lana and Rusev backstage, and The Rock is cutting a promo, and The New Day come out. And I don't want to say that The Rock acted like he was um, jet-lagged, or maybe he had some bad Chinese food, but he definitely seemed to be uh, in an altered state. I get it. I get it, Joe. Some people doing drugs is cool. The Rock does them. It's not cool. But uh, listen, I'm, I'm not saying. I, listen, I'm not saying it's cool or not cool. I'm just stating a fact. He was, you know, licking his lips a lot, <laughs> not blinking. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just saying. Um, that that's a good one, but I don't know. If that, that, that might be like six years. So I don't yeah. know. All right. Next call. All right. Thank you for the call, Kevin. Next call. Hello, Joe. Hello, Adam. It's once again Justin Summers with my weekly question. A real quick one, because, you know, I've been been told I go too long. Was there a particular toy or playset from your childhood that you really wanted but never got? For me, it was the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Technodrome. I might have had the Ghostbusters Firehouse, which was pretty cool. But once I saw the Techno Drone in person, I really wanted one, but I never got it. You know, speaking of Ghostbusters, I'm looking over to my right and I see my HasLab Ghostbusters Proton Pack. And it's so cool. You guys might have heard the review on it this week on the Major Wrestling Figure podcast. I mean, at least us three have because, you know, we're not poor, so we've heard it already. It comes out tomorrow or, you know, when this show comes out. But every little thing about it, it's just so cool to have something that I always really wanted in my childhood years. You know, when I would sit down and watch Ghostbusters, whether it be the movie or the cartoon, you know, I would run to my room and I would grab my Kenner proton pack and my trap and I just didn't watch the show. I loved it. I loved it. Sorry for this being so long. Later, guys. Thank you for the call, Summers. Um, so as a kid, I, I was, you know, I pretty much got, you know, um, most of uh, what I wanted. I wouldn't say I was a spoiled kid, but being like one of four, you know, like 
we all kind of got like pretty much what we wanted. But I think the one thing, like you know, I'm older than you, and I'm older than Adam, um, and that would be the six foot um, GI Joe USS flag uh, aircraft carrier. Absolutely, that was going to be one of my examples. But yeah, yeah that's, that's the holy grail, man. That, that was the holy grail. Like I knew a kid who had it, you know. Yeah. And like we were little, and like it was a gimmick that you like you could lift the top part off, and like it like we were little kids, so you could like lay inside of it, you know. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so that that would be my uh, holy grail, the thing that I never got as a kid, the playset, the whatever, you know? Yeah, like if I had a USS flag, like even if somebody let me borrow it, I would I would play with it. Like I would, like I would sit, literally get all my G.I. Joes out of my garage uh, that I still have, and I would freaking have like an all-day battle on that thing. So the flag is my number one. Like I was a big G.I. Joe and Transformers guy. Um, and I never really had the big stuff, so I didn't have – what was the Cobra base? Was it the Terradrome? I think. Yes. So I never had that. I never had the flag, obviously. And when it came to Transformers, like I always wanted like Fortress Maximus or Omega Supreme, like those robots that would transform into like cities uh, or Trypticon. Those, those giant ones. I always wanted those. So those are kind of like play sets because, you know, they would transform into like a building. But yeah, any one of those, man, like those are all big misses from my childhood. Well, Adam, you can get a USS flag uh, mint well, mint ish inbox on eBay right now for okay. about uh, twenty five hundred dollars. Oh, all right. Well, you know what? We get a couple more click throughs on the Amazon and. We'll, we'll look into that. For sure. And I'll just also throw out there, um, it was toward the tail end of the He-Man figures, so I was kind of out of it. But they did, like, an Eternia playset that had, like, a little zipline car on it. It was so big. It was, like, three or four, like, towers that were interconnected with, like, a wire. Yeah. No, I remember that. Yeah. That was another good one. So do you remember, and this is going to seem, this is very local, so I apologize to anybody who's not from Northeastern PA. When when we were kids, there was like a daytime kids show called Miss Judy. Yeah, Hatchy Malachi. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I remember like, I was probably like six or whatever, and I'm watching it, and they did the gimmick where they're like, oh, and today's birthday is Adam. Adam's turning six today. Do you remember when they do that? Yes. So my mom did like, did you know padded the lope or whatever it took to get one of those segments and it was like oh look behind the chair and there's your present and it was uh castle grayskull and snake mountain oh nice so like those were like probably my only like really big play sets that i had uh and i remember snake mountain had like like a microphone on it that would distort your voice and all these like trap doors and stuff like that so snake mountain was way cooler but uh i had both of those play sets yeah, the, I was a I was a big He Man kid. I had those, and then like when uh, Hordak and the Horde came out, I had Hordak Snake Pit, I had the Slime Pit, all of those things, you know. Yeah, awesome. All right, thanks cool. for your call, Summers. Last yeah, call, absolutely. pink button time. All right. Hey, Joe and Adam, it's Ed. Um, one break. We hired this new guy who parks right beside me, and he also is taking his break in his car, so I don't know if I can smoke weed, <laughs> I fucking hate this guy. I fucking hate him. Um, I fucking hate him so much. Um, <laughs> so, two things. One, uh, Joe, it, it was nice to uh, do the stink sheet with you this week, and the development from that, um, 
How cool is it that Valvian is listed? Now, we can assume that Valvian is listed, right? Because the time between the two tweets is like 12 hours. So he's for sure listened. Do you think this got on his radar because of me or you? Uh, because this certainly wasn't, uh, uh, Kurt, because he's been trying forever. So this is our win, Joe. Uh, <laughs> who, who, who do you think, I mean, I know he replied to me, but I think that LFC bump, he noticed that the LFC was on it. And, uh, he, he, so he knew this was to be taken seriously. Second, uh, you also falsely claim on there that I like Jeff Jarrett now. And I just want to be clear that I do not like Jeff Jarrett. I think Jeff Jarrett is bad. I do, however, think that AEW Jeff Jarrett is the most tolerable he's ever been in his entire career. Um, I don't know. Maybe just being a fucking dumb old man mid-carter is, is where he belongs and not a world champion or a pushed commodity. Uh, but I was just wondering for either of you, has there been a wrestler ever that you've, like, come around on that, like, you, you hated with a fiery passion, and then later on, you're like, oh, it's not so bad, I guess. Uh, because, yeah, everything I've seen from AEW, Jeff Harris is fine. It's fine. I thought it's enjoyable, I guess. I don't know. When he tried to make the other refs, uh, uh, Aubrey Edwards not listen to the other refs. And he, like, that was funny, I guess, because he's dumb, and he thinks that that would work. And dumb heel, old man, mid-card Jeff Jarrett is kind of funny, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. Okay, bye! <laughs> Uh, just, I just want to say, I just checked. Uh, still no new episode of Stink Sheet on Google Podcast. Oh, come on, Google Podcast. <laughs> yeah, I don't know about like, have I ever come around on somebody? Because like, if I hated them, I hold grudges. I know you're very similar. Yes, I am. Um, <laughs> but I will say, I definitely think it was Ed uh, that got Val Venus to listen to the Stink Sheet. Um, it, but it was more so, and I think somebody else pointed this out that uh, Mush Brain Val Venus absolutely thought that Pod Van Dam was Rob Van Dam, <laughs> and it's like, oh, my buddy Rob is on a podcast. Let me listen to it. Right? Yeah, that's absolutely <laughs> what happened. <laughs> and like it took him probably like an hour to realize like man rob sounds weird you know and someone i came around on huh that's a tough one i and mean you did come around on cm punk for a while he got a year and yeah, I mean, okay so also, I, I i jokingly say that he had a year okay but I will say that Punk's last year, his last like 12 months in WWE when he was the heel champion was some of the best work of his career. Um, And I was like, not like upset because I was like emotionally invested in it. But when he lost the title to The Rock at that Royal Rumble, I was kind of bummed because yeah. I didn't think The Rock needed the title to go to the match with John Cena at WrestleMania. Um. But like I said, I thought that worked, and then they turned Punk babyface after WrestleMania, and then he's feuding with, like, Pauly and Ryback and fucking Curtis Axel and yeah. shit, and that all sucked, right? Yeah. Um, But I'm trying to think, is there someone I've come around on? There's a lot more people that I've gone away from, right? Yeah. Where I like them, and then I'm like, oh, they suck now, you know, and I don't like them no more. Um, And I know he's been getting a lot of discussion on this show. Um. Rocky Maivia, right? So, uh, obviously, when Rocky Maivia first debuted at the Survivor Series in 1996, nobody liked him. He sucked, right? Mm. And and then once he became, like, The Rock, you know, the most electrifying man in sports entertainment, everyone loved him. Well, there was a little period of time in between there 
where I'm like, okay, I get it now. It took me like six or seven months because he did a Northern Lights suplex in a match. And I stand steadfast in um, that you, if you do a Northern Lights suplex, that you're good. <laughs> um, and it was the, he was the Intercontinental Champion and it was the lead up to the match that he had at WrestleMania with the Sultan, right? Yeah. And they did like a sit down interview with him and JR or him and Vince or whoever it was. And it was the first time that he got to like cut a promo, right? And I heard his voice and I'm like, wow, this guy sounds like a cool motherfucker, right? Like he has a really cool sounding voice. I'm like, they should let him talk on TV more and do the Northern Lights suplex as as his finish. I go, if they do those two things, he'll be the best wrestler in the world. <laughs> now, granted, I was half right. Yeah, but that's kind of when I came around on Rocky Maivia when he talked and he did the Northern Lights suplex. All right, cool. If The Rock came out on on Monday Night Raw 30th anniversary this week, uh, talked in the uh, smooth dulcet tones of 1996 and gave somebody a Northern Lights suplex, I'm going to go back and re-edit this episode of all the negative things I said <laughs> about The Rock in this episode. <laughs> It'll be the uh, like a second cut, you know? Yeah. All right, cool. Thanks, Ed. Thanks, Ed. Thanks, everyone, for your calls this week. Um, so, hey, independentwrestling.tv, they have, like, some new show where people are playing cards and spinning a wheel or something. I don't know. Um, <laughs> new subscribers use the promo code at odds. Uh, let's Jerry know that you came to us from him, uh, or you came to him from us, however that works. Uh, as we record this, T-Public at a 30% off sale for one day. I don't know why. <laughs> they're Just doing the full, in there. Yeah, they're doing the full 35% off sale next week. Uh so wait until then to buy any of your shirts and pins or stickers or whatever the hell they sell T Public with uh, our fancy logos on them. And uh, of course, um you can uh, support the show by making any at all of your purchases through our Amazon affiliate link. Uh it is in the show notes to every single one of these episodes no matter how it is that you get these episodes. Uh, does not cost you anything extra. They call it an advertising fee. I call it the thing that makes Adam happy at the end of the month when he gets his cut of the fucking money. Yeah. And uh, go listen to uh, Longbox Heroes After Dark uh, for more information about the Amazon affiliate links. Yeah, and Joe, did you uh, happen to purge anything this week? Oh, that's right. We don't have a... Yes, I did purge a bunch of stuff this week. Um. So, um. obviously, there's been some... Um, uh, controversy in regards to how shitty the new Super 7 Andre the Giant looks. <laughs> I don't know. Broski said it isn't that bad. Yeah, he said the pictures don't do it justice. Um, <laughs> and then I heard a cash register noise in the background when he was saying that. Um, so our friend Kevin Ford is getting the first wave of the Simpsons ones in here shortly. So I looked up like a shitty bootleg Bart Simpson doll and I sent him a picture of that. Uh, nice. And said that's what the new Super 7s look like. Um... <laughs> Teenage female professional wrestler Billy Starks is selling her prom dress on her Facebook page. And uh, I just had to take a picture of that to send it to the authorities. <laughs> okay. I have, yeah, I have no I have no comment on that. So uh, of course not you don't. Touch, I'm not touching that comment. No. And then uh for I don't know if he's still there, but former uh, let's say former uh World Wrestling Entertainment referee Scott Armstrong was one of the people that was leading the charge against Aubrey Edwards from a still shot from the match 
on Rampage this past week with Ruby Soho bleeding, and then literally his next tweet was him replying to an MJF thirst trap of saying, still got it, boss, looking great. And I had to screenshot that and send that out because what a tool bag. Uh, yeah. So those are the, my uh, purged uh, screenshots this week. I, I think that if there's anybody that we should definitely listen to, it's like past their prime, like nobody gave a shit in their prime, like old timey wrestlers, you know, like Scott Armstrong. So like, fuck that. <laughs> um, I do have something to to contribute to weekly purchases, though, Joe. Ooh. Um, nothing official right now, but I did a uh, list. I've said that when the new year hits, I'm going to list a bunch of stuff on eBay. So I did put a bunch of like kind of older electronics and, uh, some Funko pops up on eBay. Uh, so the auctions all would end in the next couple of days. So hopefully I get some good turns there. And Joe, I do have one other thing I have to purge and, Longtime listeners of this show know that there is an illustrious top 10 of Adam Van specials. Uh, just the, the, the tippity top of the best women's wrestlers of all time. And I try to keep that list current where I say people are like, oh, where does Stacey Keebler fall on that list? Or where does uh, Tori Wilson? They don't because they had to ascend to the rafters. They got retired. Because they were no longer active competitors. And I feel like it's time to purge from the list of the top 10 Adam Van specials. It's time to purge Billy Kay. <gasps> oh, no. She hasn't wrestled in probably at least a year. I, I Obviously, she's gone off to focus on other things outside of the ring. So I feel like it would not be fair to keep her there. If she were to return... You know, we'll, we'll bring her back. But, uh, uh, yes, uh, Billy Kay has been purged from the top ten of Adam Van Specials. Now, who am I going to replace her with? That's a tough one. Uh, it could be Sheeta. Uh, respectfully, red, red sport coach Sheeta. Uh, I've said before, Maxine Dupree could get in there. Heck, even NXT just debuted like a British gamer girl slash Twitch streamer, which has my attention. But I'm not sure. Uh, stay tuned. But yes, uh, weekly purchases. I'm sorry, Billy Kay, you gotta go. Oh well, you know, uh, you know, we all we all have our runs, you know. Yeah. Again, what a run she had. But if she's not an active competitor, she can't stay. Mm-hmm. Is it definitely 12 months that they have to have at least one match? It's like John Cena has to have one match in every <laughs> WWE calendar year. Is John Cena going to be the one that goes onto the list? Uh, not with that bald spot, buddy. All right. He's got to do something about that if he wants to get in there. How dare you? <laughs> but that's it for uh, weekly purchases. All right. Well, if we're purging, you know what? Did I tell the story last week about my kid buying a Funko Pop or no? No. Okay. So. Uh, we're at the comic book shop, right? All right. And he tells me that he wants to get a, he's in the, he's in the room there at the comic shop and he tells me he wants to get a Funko Pop. And I go, all right, well, listen, you know, your allowance is up for the month. So, you know, if you really want it, um, you know, you'll have to give me the money for it when we get home out of your money. Cause I, you don't, you're 11, you don't walk around with money on your person. Right. <laughs> yeah. And I go, go ahead and get it. We'll ring it up, you know? And as he's making the walk from the register back to the room to go get it, I thought to myself, if he comes back with one of those fucking ones that I know that Adam's trying to unload here, I'm going to make him put it back. 
Oh, God, what one was it? It was the Homer going into the bushes one. Ah, uh, no, see, I have that one, and I didn't purge it, so that's I, one Dave ordered. Right, I knew I knew it wasn't, right? I could tell which ones have the uh, the Vansky seal on them, if you will. <laughs> there's, a, there's a certain layer of grease on each one of them. <laughs> oh, you take that back. <laughs> Undetectable to the naked eye, but I have a jeweler's loop for that sort of thing. It's one of those, like... Uh, <laughs> Those infrared uh, things that you have to get the light for to, to see the seal of approval. <laughs> That's right. It's Adam's Funko Pops and sheets in a motel. Those are the two <laughs> things that you use them on. Unrelated. Unrelated reasons. Yeah, I hope this leads to your kid having thousands of Funkos. He's, he's got a couple. He's he's um He's got, like, mostly, like, Pokemon characters and stuff. Uh-huh. Um, but, like, you know, over the last year, watching on Disney+, Plus, he got into The Simpsons... And he just thought that was really funny that they made one of that specific thing, mostly because it's a Simpsons thing, but also in part that like it's a meme as well, you yeah. know. Yeah. And I'm not sure if you knew this, little kids are into memes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. So if they make more Funko Pops based on popular memes, he'll probably end up getting those, you know. Gotcha. Yeah. But Joe, I just say, you know what else is a popular meme? These podcasts. And those podcasts are Longbox Heroes, Longbox Heroes After Dark, Final Wrestling Place, We Need Wrestling, Porch Talk, Viewer's Choice, WWE War, Wrestling Cheers, Indie Wrestling Guide, Pod Van Dam. Uh, still waiting on that last, last episode of Pod Van Dam. Uh, Wings on Wings, Between the Sheets, Hit My Music, If You Catch My Grift, and maybe just this week, The Stink Sheet. Definitely this week, the stink sheet. Yeah. All right. Well, and now it's time for Adam's favorite part of the show. Hell yeah. Some might cost a little. Some might cost a lot. But I'm the $100 Vansky. And your figures will be bought. <laughs> Well, Joe, I had like a relatively interesting week of purchases. Um, I'm going to kind of work my way up in like what I think is interestingness. Uh, and I'll just say right off the rip, I pre-ordered a G.I. Joe classified series Crimson Cobra Bat, which is just a Cobra Bat in red. Uh, I needed it. I collect bats. Uh, I hate the fact it is a plastic free package. Uh, so no window on it. And speaking of plastic free packages, I went on a little bit of a specific doll safari looking for Walgreens. Uh, there's only one in like the Scranton area and there's like two of them down by you. So I hit them all up and came up 0 for 3 on a Walgreens exclusive Marvel Legends Sentry figure. Uh, okay. That was hitting stores. Also another plastic-free package. Not the uh, one that looks like uh, Brian Myers, right? Yeah, he's got the long-flowing bl- uh, blonde hair. It's a, it's a nice fig. And I, I do like the Sentry ever since he ripped Carnage in half and threw him in the sun back in like the early 2000s. Um, Carnage got better. Yeah, he got better. Everybody gets better in comics. but um, So I went to three Walgreens, and like I saw sections where Marvel Legends would be, and you know the $25 sign, but no figs. Uh, so when I got home, I was like, oh, what's it going to cost on eBay to just buy one of these? And it was actually cheaper shipped 
to buy one on eBay than it was to buy one in store because I got one for 17 shipped. Uh, and I guess, I don't know, maybe it fell off a truck somewhere. I don't care. But uh, that I also got a Sentry figure. Cool. What about you, Joe? Did you buy anything? Um, I'll just throw in there. Uh, the plastic-free packaging is really deterring me from picking some stuff up. Um, I know you mentioned about the bat. There was like a Crimson Guard uh, G.I. Joe that went up for pre-order today where it has like kind of like almost like a brown and like almost like a like a tiger stripe design, right? Yeah, it's like a tiger force, I think. As well. Right, and it looked really cool. And I'm like, oh, that's going to come in the shitty plastic-free ba- package. I'm not buying it, right? Yeah. Um, it's, it's definitely going to keep me from buying things. Like if I'm a completist on a figure or character, I'll still buy it. Like if an Azrael figure comes out and it's plastic free, I have to buy it. Mm-hmm. But if it's something that like normally I'd be 50, 50 about, you know, I'm like, ah, kind of on the fence. Plastic free is going to be like a no on those. Right. Go ahead. So the only thing that I purchased this week was, um, so Adam, one of the best things in the world is coffee, right? Uh, I do agree. I love coffee. My wife loves coffee too. Right. Mm-hmm. But she can't drink coffee for a variety of reasons. So she has been drinking tea for the better part of the last, like, ten years, right? Okay. And it's gotten to the point where tea is just not strong enough for her. So she was looking up coffee alternatives, and there's this one that's called Mud Water. And water is, like, spelled with none of the vowels in it, so it's like Mud, W-T-R. Okay. It's essentially a coffee substitute made from mushrooms, yeah (laughs) right but my wife was talking about it she was kicking the tires i don't know if i want to get it Uh, so i just said fuck it i'm gonna buy it for you it was like it's like it's allegedly like a 30-day supply for 40 dollars. it's one of those subscription type deals so it just came in today she's gonna try it tomorrow and then when she tells me it tastes like shit which it invariably will taste like shit i'm gonna go and cancel the subscription thing like post haste yeah um but she's like, oh, you could try it as well. I'm <laughs> like, no, I, I get to drink. I, I've made the decision to drink real coffee. I like good coffee. Uh, you know, when I send Bonnie out to get my coffee, she buys shit, you know? <laughs> yeah, no, I hear you. And I, I just speaking of purchases, I just got a Paternia notice. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, this might pop summers. Uh, the real Ghostbusters Kenner Classic Retros. Which are, I guess, made to look like the old, you know, figures from the 80s that I did have. A uh, set of four on Big Bad Toy Store, normally 54 down to 30. Hmm. That's yeah, less- I saw Big Bad Toy Store is having a big sale, a big clearancy thing. I'm looking at the real Ghostbusters one that you're talking about. A bunch of, like, the Pokemon figures are, like, $6, and la- $6 or less. Hmm. And these are individually carded. Hmm. I'm not going to make a live purchase on the air, but I'll, I'll, I'll look at those later. All right. Um, all right. So uh, is that all you got is the, the mud water? The mud water is all I got. All right. Um, so I was in the major Facebook group. Somebody was selling a bunch of figs and uh, a lot of like elites that I haven't seen in the Facebook group uh, like either ever or in a long time. Um, Joe, do you have your eBay in front of you? I do. Can you just uh, look something up? And this is actually what I bought. But if you want to look something up, I want to kind of get your idea of what how hard these figures are to come for, uh, come up with. Uh, just search FTR or not FTR, the Revival WWE Elite 
and then you know just look for mint and box and while you're doing that i'm going to do it as well to uh the revival i could still spell elite wwe now do you want me to go to uh sold or completed? Uh, either look at what what is available right now that you can buy what's the price um okay so i see um about three months ago the two of them together were sold uh for a hundred and ten dollars right yep and then I see there are people that are up there selling them again, mint in box for a, you know a hundred bucks each. Yeah, so I see one that's like two hundred dollars for the pair, you know. And I, you know, ever since you know they kind of became really, really fun to watch over the last like year and a half or so, I've been like, oh, what are uh, FTR's rookie figs? And it's those like those NXT style boxes. Uh, and I managed to get a pair of them in the group for sixty bucks shipped. That's not bad. Yeah, so I mean, it was a price that I was like, well, this is like a really good price based on what they're going for. Uh, so I was like, I got to jump on it, you know? So uh, that is my last figure purchase. Uh, I will just say, if you happen to listen to Sports Talk After Dark, uh, you would have heard myself telling Marcus and Brett uh, about my attempts to uh, pick out the perfect autographed 8x10 of a certain uh, awesome wrestler whose attire may or may not be blue. Uh, I did not make the purchase. I didn't do it, Joe. I didn't. Because the only seller who was selling the stuff seemed sketchy. And I I don't believe in the authenticity of those 8x10s. But eBay suggested to me, hey, you might also be interested in this. And I was like, oh, you know what? I am interested in that, and I may or may not have bought the 8x10 that I'm sending to you, uh, which involves the uh, face of women's wrestling. The face? The face. Uh, so, yeah, it was, like, really cheap, and I was like, oh, I'll just do it as a – it's for the for the show. It's a bit. It's a bit. That's why I'm buying it. That's uh, Ty Conti, not Tay Mello. It's, it's a completely it's different person. Yes, this is back. This is the old uh, enhancement killer. You know? Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, so I bought that. And I have one last purchase, Joe. And this is going to be, this is a weird one. Uh, and I do apologize, but I'm going to, I'm going to try to go into as much detail as I, my tiny brain can comprehend. Uh, years ago, not years ago, like maybe like five, six years ago, last time I was in Vegas, I had decided that the one thing that one of my my uh bucket list things to do when i was in vegas and this is such a touristy dumb thing is that i was going to go to the pawn pawn star store and that i wanted to buy like a really old coin there you know? okay so because i think i had watched an episode of pawn stars and somebody was like oh i have this like two thousand year old coin do you want to buy it and you know rick was like oh no i can only sell that for like forty dollars here i don't want it and i was like I can buy a 2,000-year-old coin for $40? I was like, what? Sign me up. So, like, that's something I wanted to do. And over the last couple years, I I bought, like, one or two really, really old coins. Uh, And I saw one on eBay, and it caught my attention this week. And I added it to my watch list. And I was like, yeah, I'm not going to buy this. This is the year of financial responsibility. And the seller sent me a best offer, like an unsolicited best offer. 
and it was a price I couldn't refuse. So I bought, and I'm going to shoot it over to you right now. But from the year 307, from the Roman Empire and the reign of Constantine the First, aka Constantine the Great, it is a uh, a coin in pretty nice shape. Uh, from yeah, the Constantine era of the Roman Empire. And I'm shooting that over to you, like some more details. Okay. It's, a, it's a graded coin. Um, and I, I, I see. Here's the thing, Joe. I have coin rules, oh. <laughs> just like I do with like figures. Um, and like I try to look for. I, it has to be graded, obviously. Um, but I look for stuff representing like significant time frames. So like I have, uh, and I'll, I can actually. I I made a picture so that I wouldn't buy something again you know i have to keep it straight but like i have a coin of from like ancient rome's set in the time of like nero you know the guy who like oh he was like fiddling while rome burned you know so i have a coin that has nero on it i have something that has like one of the caesars on it i have something from like like 100 years bc from uh like judea like i look for little things from interesting areas so i wanted something from uh constantine's era because constantine other than being a really cool dc comics character uh he was the guy who converted the the roman empire to christianity and i don't care about christianity but it's just still interesting that that's significant um so it was one of the guys i was like i want a coin from his reign it can't be issued by his kids or something else that's posthumous um and yeah this fit all the guide drawings of what i was looking for and for a coin that's what what's my gazentas on this age thing joe it's uh like 1600 years old yeah about 1600 years old uh 40 sure why not yeah it's, yeah. A, it's an interesting uh like now where and how do you have these coins displayed um, so I bought on eBay, like, uh, it's kind of like a mahogany style box with the glass window on the front, but it's only big enough to hold four. Uh, so this is just going to get kind of thrown in there on top of the other ones. Maybe down the road, I'll buy like a bigger one, but like, I don't plan on buying lots of them. I might buy one every two, three years now at this point, you know, whenever I get the itch. Um, I want to get something from like the original Caesar, like, uh, uh julius gaius caesar um but those are like super expensive because like everybody wants <laughs> like a, an original julius caesar coin uh and like if you want anything from like early americas like i looked into those like oh 1770s 1780s unpriced like unfathomable you're better off buying stuff from four thousand years ago than you are from 250 years ago so those are out of the question but i have a couple other things that my coin rules want me to buy i was a i was a history like nerd i have like a minor in history and i wish i had gotten a major because i wasted it on communications (laughs) there was and obviously these are very different than like your modern like u.s coins you know yeah um but there was a thing going around on tiktok of all things maybe a month or two ago where it was like um, you know, it's like one of those things that's like, oh, common United States coins that you may have that are worth a bunch of money, right? Yeah, stuff from certain mints or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there was a lot of that. So my kid was like kind of into it, like going through all the change that we had in the house looking for stuff. Um, but obviously, depending on how and where and when you display these sort of things, these are really cool. The, 
these I think uh, deserve uh, are more detail worthy than <laughs> a thousand Alexa Bliss figures. Uh, well, see, I, I don't know if I agree with that, but thank you. But yeah, I just uh, I I just like having something that's like, oh, geez, this was in like ancient Egypt. This was in ancient Rome. You know, like these are thousands and thousands of years old. I just think it's super cool, and the fact that they're like so cheap, my mind was blown away that you can buy. A, like a 2000 year old coin for like 50 bucks it, it mm-hmm. doesn't make sense to me but uh yeah i just had the itch and i wanted to buy something new so i got that one well and you know obviously you're and again not to disparage you or anything else like that but you were not like a capital c capital c coin collector like a lot of these other people are no like i literally i'm now up to five right <laughs> you know? and i could see a lot of those type folks Looking at, like, just as an example, the one coin that you sent me, while it is a really cool piece and really unique, I could see them saying, like, well, you know, like nitpicking it, you know, like me going over a WWE films film, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. All I care is, can I make out, like, the face? Not the face. The face? The face. Can I make out, like, the fact that there is a face there and if they're writing? Like, a lot of times they're so worn down that you can't make out the details. And, like, that's not worth it at that point. But I don't need something that's like a Jim Mint 10 or anything like that, you know? Or perfectly centered or perfectly cut. Like, I don't even know what all the verbiage of it is, you know? No, no. As long as it's, it presents well is all I care about. It's just the the idea of, like, oh, like, this is 2,000 years old or whatever. I just think that's cool. I care less if they're worth money or if they go up or any of that stuff, you know? For sure. But, yeah, that's it for me. All right. I think that's it for the show, eh? Yeah, Absolutely. All right. Well, uh, for Adam, this is Joe saying thanks, everyone, for listening to episode 225 of Adults with Wrestling. Be safe out there and enjoy some wrestling. You're listening to the soon-to-be-named network, the Lamborghini of Podcast Networks. Now, Joe, I should tell you, uh, speaking of the gender-neutral Monarch tournament, um... Derek was nice enough to take care of the brackets again for us this week. Uh, so they'll look a little bit better than they did last week when I did them. Uh, but with my free time, I had time to uh, to Photoshop something. And I want to send it over to you. And I want to get your reaction. Uh, and I am going to tweet this out tomorrow. Um, but So I don't want you to spoil it, if that makes sense. But I just want you to kind of see it. And I want to get your reaction on the pod. And if this sucks, we'll edit it out. But because uh, it doesn't make great audio. But I just want to just have this experience with you. So I'm clicking send right now. It's a long picture, so you might have to click on it to kind of see the whole thing. Uh, and let me know when you get it. And I just want to get your reaction. I'm going to shut right. up now. Okay. <laughs> okay. I'm I counting just think- one, two, three, four. One, two, three, four, five. Okay.
<laughs> and this, I just tried to do something like, cause I wanted there to be a quantitative, like factual way for me to base, uh, like my decision making on. Uh, so I threw this together as objectively as possible. Uh huh. So, uh, I hope this not at all bites me in the ass. At- <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm sure Adam, nothing that you've done in any of these, uh, gender neutral monarchs are going to come back and bite you in the ass. <laughs> But I'm glad you like it though. So I'm I, I just I'm gonna when I tweet this out, it's gonna say Joe approved. Joe's supposed oh, to. Oh well. <laughs> I know how to untag myself from photos. So good luck. Ah oh, damn it! All right, cool. Well, all right, that's all I got for that. So what's next?